Hello and welcome to the Talking Crit live stream slash podcast. Uh, I am Eric Tenkar, and with me is Bad Mike of North Texas RPG Con. Hello, fans. Hello, friends and fans. And as we bid farewell to the year 2020 in style, yeah. the- in, in, in style, just uh, mm-hmm. you know, f- for those uh, watching at home. Uh, just so you know, you'll see me drinking some. Uh, well, let's a coffee mug. It's actually my my tea in a little dead, a large Deadpool <laughs> mug, and uh, I've got my Jack Daniels Winter Jack. Oh yeah, 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 keeping me warm. Yeah, I got my. Well, I'm going to. Uh, uh, we weren't able to do our bad booze testing no. uh, this year, so I'm doing a year end version where um, Doug Ray, who helps run. Uh, helps run he he basically runs north texas and i'm just the the uh the, the paid help um he, he, he cleaned out his liquor cabinet at home and brought it up to the warehouse because he know what to do with it and so i'm sitting here looking at six bottles of booze now the old granddad i've i've tried that and that's that's good stuff so i I've, okay. i have that too but i have much lesser known liquors here i'm gonna try sh- i'm gonna do a shot about every 10 minutes and i'm gonna give you my impressions of this uh this, it's, gonna uh, be, it's gonna be great when we get to the end of the podcast. We start talking about our predictions mm, for 2021, and um, Mike's got about a half bottle of liquor. And I'm looking at. <laughs> I had a, uh, I did have a sub sub sandwich a couple hours ago, so I think I got a good layer. I layered it pretty good. So you're layering um, it, so yeah. you can absorb the amount of booze yeah. that you're gonna. And I'm only having a shot. Know, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get crazy here. We're not drinking no, after. No, I don't blame you. I mean, listen, no. I said I put probably. It, listen, it's winter jack. It's not a high alcohol content for quote hard liquor. I probably put the equivalent of two shots in my tea, and then for after that, because uh, you know we got to be concerned with my my blood sugar. Mm-hmm. And, then, and we're not doing this for any advertising. We're just having a blast at doing. Yeah, it. we're not getting paid by any bad liquor companies or good liquor uh, companies for oh, that. Yeah, so, so pure, the winery, um, it actually has zero carbs and eighty one calories uh, per serving. Alcohol ten and a half percent. My brother-in-law and my sister got me this for uh, Christmas, and I immediately ordered another three bottles, and they were delivered. That good, huh? Yesterday. Is it white or red? You can get it in white or red. I have a bottle of white I haven't touched yet because I got a white, and I'm just happen to be. I like red wine, and if you are like me, your blood sugar is not always well controlled mm-hmm. uh, red wine at least in my case has a great effect on my blood sugar it brings those numbers down i would say 10 to 15 points wow that's pretty good wine. i probably should drink more wine I, i'm just not a wine guy I probably would help me out a little bit yeah you can be your, you can be a wine all right and i could mix it with diet coke or something i don't know we'll see i just uh, i don't i just i don't i don't like i'm not a big wine guy those don't like wine I, i'm not a big beer guy actually I'm not even a big beer guy. Go down under. Who is down? Who do we know that's in Australia? Is it Heath? No. I don't know. I don't know. But, uh, see, that's the problem with Facebook. Uh, I, I love the fact. It just says Facebook user. Yes. Right. Unless you give special permission, which is uh, why I always suggest that if you're going to, you know, participate in the live stream, please. YouTube. So we know who's abusing us. Not not that we're being abused from down under, but just to throw it out there. I, I do think that the live streams excel when we have uh, 
a good conversation going back and forth mm-hmm. with our with our listeners. It is Heath. It's Heath. I knew it. There we go. There's nobody else that plays D and D in Australia but Heath. That's it. So yeah, it had to be him. It had to be Mister. It should be Mister Heath. So thank you for uh, watching us for a little bit. Do you have to get back to work? Oh, that's right, because our hours are reversed here. Yes. Oh yeah, so it's eight o'clock here in New York, so it's probably about like I don't know, eight a.m. in Sydney or something yes. like that. So yes, God bless you, Heath. So uh, twenty twenty has been a hell of a year, and I'm not just talking from a personal level. I'm not just talking the pandemic, but it's been a hell of a year for the industry. Well, so. Personally, um, Eric almost died about three times, but we still have him here, luckily. Who's counting? It's a hat trick, right? So I, I, I did the thing. And uh, as I've been fond of saying, yes, I was hospitalized three times, but hey, at least now I have the knowledge that I can uh, hopefully avoid it for the next 30 years. And uh, oh, I was close. It's, it's already New Year's Eve. It's 1140. Oh, it's time. It's time to drink. Yeah, you can drink. Yeah, have a beer with us yeah. at, at work. Uh, well, I, I, all my, I have to share is I got fatter this year. I'm pretty sure I, I gained weight because we're just sitting around. You're just sitting around the house all day. There's nothing going on. Yeah. But it, it was. Personally, I mean, we, we made it through. I mean, I, I think we were luckier than a lot of other people. Um, professionally, um, this is the first year I haven't gone to a con. Well, actually, I take it back. I went, went to North Texas. Uh, right. congr- but congr- con- contractually obligated to do that because that's the con that I put on. It was very small. We had about anywhere from probably about 60 to 80 people at the most. I mean, not at all at one time. This is just across the, across the weekend. But um, other than that, that's the least I've been to conventions in at least a decade. Uh, I, you know, usually we hit two or three, or at least. I mean, in the year before, I hit a ton. I, mean, I was at ReaperCon and GaryCon and and um, just all that. You know, everybody GameholeCon and LongCon. You know, but you know, this year went from straight from all those cons oh, yeah. to nothing. And the, but you know, that was that was mirrored everybody else's experience too. Cause they're, this was the year of no cons. Um, very few cons. The ones that were, that were put on like North Texas were very small. Um, there's a couple others I know of that, that went on. I mean, long con went on this year. They had about 40 or 50 people. Uh, I, I heard of a few others that have, that, that, that happened. Uh, comic con locally went on and they had about, Oh, about 50 people. So, wow. yeah. So, you know, um, it just was the year of no cons. We'll always remember that as the year that, hey, you know, uh, uh, where were you in 2020? Oh, wait, it was 2020. You weren't anywhere. Yeah, 2020, you know, you weren't anywhere. We know exactly where you That's That's kind of why when I was hospitalized in May, it was such a, a it was a great staff, great hospital. It lasted two weeks. By the end, I was referring to it as my vacation. <laughs> I, was, I, I was eating hospital food that I was looking forward to because it was really good food. The only thing I was missing out on was beer and wine, and I was like, "And it's like, yeah, I get back from. Uh, hopefully, uh, I get back from my vacation uh, later on." I'm like, "He's in a fucking Wait, vacation." vacation. 
I got a nurse to get a rectal thermometer up my ass. It's not a vacation. No, 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 no. <laughs> oh, that didn't no, happen. Oh, okay. Uh, no, no. You had, to pay, you had to pay extra, and you weren't going to pay the extra. Uh, no, when, when, when I was wearing the extra sixty pounds of water weight, um, oh god, I I was given uh, two sponge baths. Uh, thankfully, once I was able to piss off enough of that weight, I was able to bathe myself. But uh, yeah, this. You get really mixed emotions when you're being given a sponge bath. And uh, just got to say, what, on one mindset, you're like, well, this is what the rich must get. And then you're like, so it was, I don't feel good. You weren't getting a sponge bath by a, a Daisy Ridley look like, I think. No, it. no, no. I was getting a sponge bath <laughs> by a rookie cop. Uh -huh, yeah, see, that's that makes it not quite as fun. Yeah, she's like, uh, uh, she, she had like a Russian accent, and oh, you're a retired police sergeant. I'm like, yeah, oh my, my 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 son is a rookie cop in the seven zero precinct. I'm like, oh my god, small world. Mm. I'll give you a bath. I'm like, oh my god, she's like beating her child. <laughs> she flips you over. She's Russian, so she just flips you over. Yeah, you know, she's back like, and forth, uh, yeah. lifts you over her shoulder, throws you there, burps you, and throws you back on the bed. <laughs> Yeah, you know, 20, 20, 2019, I went to five conventions. I went to TotalCon, mm -hmm. I went to GaryCon, I went to North Texas, I went to ShireCon. That's right, uh, in Connecticut, and I went to Game Hall. And mm -hmm. I, after twenty nineteen, said, you know what? I told racists too. We got to cut back. I can't do a five con year, especially with TotalCon and GaryCon. They were like, I don't know. Two three weeks between. Sure. Them. Oh yeah, I remember they, that. Was, it was really. Yeah, we were we were all beat after that. That was that was an absolute beating. I I was I was burned, and then 2020, I was like, all right, well, we're not going to do Gary Con this year. Maybe next year. Maybe we'll back. That'd be fine. Yeah. Work. You know, but we got Total Con, and then Total Con. I was like, damn. And then it shut. <laughs> well, I was you looking know, at. It's just like what happened to the year? What happened to what happened to everything? Well, I had a weird year because I started out in January. I very unexpectedly went by uh, to um, Pack South. Uh, my buddy Jason Braun uh, was going with somebody who who at the last minute had to cancel. So I thought, well, hell, I'm going to go to even more conventions than normal this year because I normally go to Gary Con and and Gamehole Con, and North Texas, and Reaper Con, and Long Con. I'm thinking, oh my god, I'm going to hit my re personal record this year, because here I am going to a convention in January. Well, little did I know that it was that one, and then North Texas, and that was it. And North Texas was was really less like a con, and more just like a, a fun game day with a bunch of friends, because we had urged everybody from out of state not to come, and obviously right. we told older people not to come. Um uh, Diesel the Force came. He was the only because he, he he lives in Austin. He just he drove up. Um, Diesel wasn't Diesel was not afraid of the COVID. He's he's a I don't know. He just he's like I don't care. I just got to get out of the house. He his wife came, but other than that, we didn't have any guests and we didn't have. I mean, it was it, it was it was locals and so it was a weird year because I I started off thinking. Well, I mean, because PAX South was packed. We're in the giant convention center. There's people everywhere. Of course, this is before masks or anything. Right. You know, and, it, you know, just the change from what we did then to the end of the year is, I mean, you wouldn't even think of having anything. As a matter of fact, they're not even going to have PAX South this year because it's, it's too soon. They they have made plans, if I remember correctly, to have PAX East, West, and uh, North provisionally. Depends on, you know, what's going to happen with the uh, – the the vaccine and everything 
which, right. which which leads me to so you and I are a different opinion on this. I I have a feeling that once the vaccines get out there, we've already had what you know a few million people vaccinated, mostly health, uh, caregivers, health workers, uh, older people in nursing homes. Um, once we get it out there, I think. I don't know, about April, May, you're going to see people really wanting to get back into the con scene because they really miss it. They miss the appearing oh. in person. Now, you're not going to see people not wearing masks and running around hugging everybody. I mean, at least I hope you don't. But I, I think you're going to have no, no, a huge... James Bond walking up behind. <laughs> no, the... he's not. James Bond's not going to be grabbing his nibbles. Or, I, I mean, I hope he doesn't. I mean, I, he, he could still be doing that right now. He's probably listening to us. He's probably doing it at this very moment. Um no, so I, yeah, I um, I, I think we're going to have. Like, you, you told me you don't think we're going to have much of a con scene next year, which is interesting. Well, well here, here's my uh, thoughts on it. On it, uh, well, and this is, we have the issue where yes, we're going to have the vaccine out there. I don't know how, uh, how much of the vaccine is going to be out there. Uh-huh. In time to give us, uh, what is it, herd immunity? Because we already have Dr. Fauci saying basically, uh, you know what I was saying, 65 to 70%? <laughs> uh, you know what I was saying, you don't need to wear a mask? Okay, well, I changed the don't need to wear a mask to you must wear a mask. But now we're saying that crowd, uh, crowd Herd immunity is somewhere probably around, you know, 80 to 90 percent. But I'll, I'll say 85 because I think you can accept oh, that boy. number now. Yeah. Um, and I think the issue is going to be – and this happens in gaming too, right? You know, uh, you, you, you say, all right, well, oh, wow, I wrote this adventure for a certain expectation that my players would roll well and they're rolling like shit. So I'm going to lower the parameters that they got to hit. And all of a sudden, oh, they're hitting better. Well, now I'm going to have to ramp it up. Maybe I'll right. ramp it up beyond my initial estimate. And that's what we're kind of doing with, with the COVID situation. And as a person that, listen, I have comorbidities. or I, By the way, I've learned words that I, I, I've never used before <laughs> in my fucking life. Yes. Social. Social distancing is something that you do at a convention because somebody didn't bathe in three days. And you go, Dude, <laughs> yeah, gamer funk. Yeah, that's a gamer you funk. Gamer yeah. funk. Step the fact, fuck back. Go into your corner, and and you know what? Roll your dice from from I don't know from somewhere else. We don't need you around here now. Social distancing is opening up presents on like uh, the week before Christmas to celebrate uh, birthdays in your family, and and your people are sitting. 10 feet across in the backyard and you're dropping off presents. Literally or, your Zoom, or your Zoom. You're on Zoom. Opening. You're on Zoom. Oh, here's what you mailed me. Let me open the present that you mailed me. Yeah. So um, I, I think the issue is the rollout will start. But remember, the rollout is not going to hit the general populace. Sure. Some Until sometime, probably, if we're lucky, uh, early to mid-spring. Okay. So that's, that's one issue but and and not to get too technical on all this stuff but we also have the the new uh, uh, proper british strain the uk strain of covid that might be a bit more uh, uh uh catchable than the current so does that mean that even if the vaccine is useful 
does it mean that herd immunity now goes up to like 95% in Fauci land? Well, because I don't, they, I don't they've, know. they've told us you can still catch the virus if you have the vaccine. So it, nothing's right. 100% infallible. Um, I, I just, I, I think people are going to feel it, it's like one of those things. Um, so right after 9 11, um, they started putting National Guard in the airport. Mm-hmm. Um, the they were their weapons were not allowed to be loaded. They yeah, they had right. unloaded unloaded M16s, unloaded sidearms because you don't want an accident to happen, right? right. Really, they were just there to make people feel comfortable. And I heard many people tell me, you know, I feel so good just seeing those people there. My brother worked at the airport. He's like, well, tell them there's no bullets in their guns because <laughs> there's not. They're, they were the bullet. Their guns were unloaded. They were not allowed to load their load their guns. But, but but just the appearance of them made people feel like, okay, good. You know, I, I can fly. Everything's going to be okay. If a terrorist pops up, you know. This guy's going to shoot him. This that well, the same thing. We're going to have the same thing with the uh, vaccine, I think. And, well, and, I, don't know. And I, I think people are going to think, okay, well, it's out there. People are getting getting cured. You know, people, people, the people are getting the the vaccine first are the most vulnerable. So, why was I wearing a mask all this time? Because I didn't want to infect my grandmother and my grandfather and my older. Well, you know what? They've all been vaccinated now. So. I'm 26 years old. Why am I wearing my, you know, why am I going to wear my mask? Why am I going to social distance? Because I was doing it so I wouldn't get my relatives sick. My relatives have all had the shot. I think you're going to see that kind of thinking a lot of people. They're going to say, you know what, you know, hey, I haven't had the shot yet, but it doesn't matter because I'm probably not going to get sick if I have it. And besides, everybody in my family that's vulnerable has had it. So let's party. And I, I think you're going to see a lot of that. I really do. See, but, see, but my, my, first off, you're, you're dealing with a retired civil servant. So I understand how government thinks. Now, going back to before I go on to that, going back to your 9 11 uh, story, you're right. They weren't armed. And the week after 9 11, I was doing, as a cop, a police officer, I was doing security at Ground Zero. I was down there. It still looked like a war zone. And me and three other cops were assigned to work with a squad from. Upstate New York, I forget where they where where the National Guard were stationed from, and their sergeant approached me and he said, "Listen, I need to talk to you." I'm like, "Okay, um, I want to let you know what the deal is." I go, "All right, what's the deal?" He goes, "My guys will lay down your lives, to, their lives, to protect this this area, to protect their post, to protect you all." I'm like, "Excellent." He goes, "Just same same thing." He goes, "However." Not only are we don't we have a round in the chamber, <laughs> our uh, magazines are empty. Oh, we yeah. don't even have knives. I go, <laughs> so we will beat people with the butt of our rifles mm-hmm. and kill them if somebody came in to do another terrorist act. Goes, but we need you to cover our asses to get to the point where we can fit. I'm like. And now, and now, this is. I'm armed. You gotta get. You don't get right. me wrong. Remember, I am armed. These are our our soldiers. These are our 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 warriors. Mm-hmm. All right, who we will send the we will send to faraway lands to fight for this country to give their lives for this country, but we don't trust them uh, at Ground Zero in Lower Manhattan immediately after 9/11 with live weapons. Ah, why are they there? It, again, it was it to was, show. It was to show people that if things are better, getting better. Don't worry. Don't be afraid. Right. We're here to. But, and that that's the same thing I think 
that this. But let's see. But Mike, what you're failing to take into uh, into the picture, which I am, I could be wrong, but I and it might be different in Texas because uh, the 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 powers that be in in positions of leadership might not think this way, but in a lot of states, a lot of the thinking is. I'd rather, and I understand it. Don't get me wrong. I'm not making a political stance on this. I understand the thinking. I would rather shut everything down and say I did everything I could to save lives than open it up and have uh, death happen, even if even if it doesn't change. Even if opening up and closing would have the same death rates, if I open up, they're going to blame me for the deaths. But if we close it, it's it, it's not going to be. But Right. Yeah. You know, right. Security I'm theory. not gonna I'm not gonna take full but here but here's the thing you gotta add to your equation though, Eric. And we talked about this a couple weeks ago. You have Gen Con's a business that, that yeah. they if they don't open up this year, they may be in serious financial difficulty at this point. I don't uh, think by, by nature, I don't Gen Con's true. I, I listen, put it to you another way. Gen Con is normally how many attendees? Sixty sixty thousand at least, yeah. All right. Uh, and Indianapolis say, say they go, all right, we will allow events to hold up to a thousand people. Is it even viable for Gen Con to open at that point? Well, and see, that's why I think you're going to have cities in on it too, because look, every, every American city suffered during this, uh, businesses have suffered, um, from, from some things I read, see and read, uh, Gen Con is one of the number one money makers in the entire state of Indiana every year. I mean, I mean, oh, it's sure. definitely, the, it's definitely the number one. In Indianapolis, I mean, it it, it actually outdraws even even uh, Colts games. Um, so, I don't know if the city of Indianapolis can do without it another year. That they may have problems, so they may suddenly try to push it as much as they can. Say, look, you know, we really need this. We've got to have this. And they're and they're and what they'll do is they're going to throw in there, you know, hey, you know, we're, everybody's going to be masked. We're still going to social distance, but look, all these people are going to be this. We're going to have a whole bunch of people there that are going to be vaccinated, and we'll and we'll cut it down to half, and only thirty thousand. We're only going to do this. I, I think they're you're going to see some deals being worked, and there's going to be people looking the other way. Uh, my sister-in-law is in town. She was just telling me that uh, um, the whole state of Missouri um, shut down all sporting events except for the Kansas City Chiefs. Because, I mean, you could be cynical and say, well, because right. well, they say, well, because the Chiefs are they're, – they're obeying all the protocols and they do this, this, this. No, it's because they're not going to shut down the Kansas City Chiefs because they're the Super Bowl winning team and they're going to make sure that they're playing and they have people in the stands. And they do. They're, they're, they allow people in the stands. So I, I, th I think Indianapolis is going to finagle this somehow. And I really think they're, they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna work this out. They, they certainly might. I, I'll tell you the truth. I think uh, come opening day of Major League Baseball, you'll have a good idea of what the future is going to hold. Sure. If you're still looking at uh, Major League stadiums with uh, pop-up audiences, with literally two-dimensional uh, fans, yep. and uh, then the answer is, is most likely uh, – well, no, but, and, and, basketball is back of the bubble. Bas I mean, they're not in the bubble. Basketball has no audience right now. They're, they're, they're doing uh, games in uh, empty stadiums still. Uh, hockey has announced that they are going to let people in. They don't know how many yet, but 
they may only be a few thousand a game, but hockey is going to have fans in the stands. So it, I think, again, depend, depending on on the area, sure, which, on, the, on the area. I mean, listen, I used to be a huge football fan. I I could really care less this year, and 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 part of it is uh, I've been worn out by the pandemic and my own health issues, but part of it is. When even what you're watching a game from home, you that that the surge of the crowd is a huge thing, which is why they pipe in right. Yeah, because home, home field advantage it has to mean something, and it right. has, meant, has meant very little this year because you right. don't have a home team for most of this, you know. Right, but you'll see some stadiums actually have a smattering of of actually a live attendance. Mm-hmm. But you look at, you know. the Giants and the Jets and you know Meadowlands, all right, no longer Meadowlands, whatever it is, uh, PNC. Um, it's shut down. So I say, it, it, yeah, yeah, but you're talking Giants and Jets in 2020. Does anybody really want to see that mess? That's uh, bad. Listen, listen, the Giants <laughs> could. At least last time I, I know, I know. If they beat the Cowboys the and the Redskins lose, the Giants are in the playoffs at seven and nine. That's going to be great. That is that, oh, that would be that would be, be what the Cowboys twenty twenty mean to me. Well, it means <laughs> the, the, uh, the Giants with a losing uh, record. And I'm not listening. Uh, First time an NFC East team will ever advance to the playoffs with a losing record. That's sad, just sad. This used to be a great division, Eric. I used to be a great division, and now we got a bunch of goofballs. I am going so right now. I'm going to try my first random liquor. Oh, okay. We have uh, oh, yeah, this is a Tanqueray English gin. Now, I have not had gin in about 30 years. I used to, my first mixed drink I ever had in my life was a Tom Collins. So I did like gin at one time. Okay. I don't even, I'm not even sure I remember what gin tastes like. I haven't had gin in forever. I'm a whiskey man. All right. Oh, uh, shoot. Know. That might be a little too much. Well, so let's see what Tanqueray, Tanqueray right, gin. I'll, I'll finish off my, uh, yeah. Applejack. <laughs> oh man! What a bottom that was. I wonder. Can alcohol can't go bad, can it? Uh, generally not speaking, but I don't think Jim is ever good. Well, this is a special dry. It's really dry. My eyes are watering. It tastes like alcohol, like like ammonia alcohol. But you know what? It's not too bad. It's got a little burn. Um, okay, that was that might be the best thing I drink out of all this choice. Where do you see some of the names of these bottles down here? Well, I so said I'm going to have my pure zero carb oh. red wine. You go back to, to my uh, Game of Thrones, uh, player, whoa. which I think is very appropriate <clears throat> for all this. Um, I, like, I like Jim much better in a Tom Collins than, than a shot. I don't think you're supposed to do shots of Jim. I really. I've, probably, I've never seen anybody do a shot of gin. I've oh, obviously seen whiskey and scotch. And, uh, uh, yeah, no. You uh, don't, you don't I mean, I, I wish I had a fireball of whiskey to go along with this. <laughs> no, Bruce, it was not good shit. <laughs> um, but uh, listen, as Ryan is Ryan is mentioning his local game store, uh, the business during this government lockdown. And that's affecting like mm-hmm. a lot of stores. But I'll, I'll tell you the truth. And that's, that, that's a huge story this year too. By the way, it is, yeah. is the is the friendly neighborhood game store just getting its ass kicked? So you know, and they were getting their ass kicked before this. Right. Don't get me wrong. Remember, before all this was happening, we also had uh, the uh, the comic book fiasco going on, where comic books were not shipping for a while. They were not being printed. Mm-hmm. 
the whole distribution issue. And don't think <clears throat> the distribution issue was affecting game stores. Trust me, game stores make their money how they, they nickel and dime. It's the only way that they're going to make a profit is to to cover all their bases. And some of them were selling comic books. They had some, you know, people were subscribing to pick up the bags. Uh -huh. When you screw with that, you're screwing with their income. Um, right now, where New York City is in, uh, businesses are still open, kind of, sorta. But restaurants and bars are closed except to outdoor dining. By the way, just so you guys remember, we are two days away from January. Those <laughs> are conditions. <laughs> but yeah, we have outdoor oh, dining boy. or takeaway. So my my local pub is has been closed since the week before Christmas, uh, and will probably be closed until the end of next week mm. when they have to make their next decision on what they're going to be doing with New York City dining, and. You know, even when the, these restaurants are open, if they were part of a retail strip and other retail stores are closing, you're just not getting people out there. Um, mm -hmm. Yes. And, and as, as Bruce is saying, you know, the usual, you know, food stops for him have closed, half of them. And that's, you know, my local pizzeria, which has been around since 1966, which, by the way, Mike, they're the ones that bought the property when my grandmother my great grandmother passed, so that they, there's still a dumb waiter in there unless they took it out. Um, <laughs> Pro Prohibition era dumb waiter. Prohibition era dumb. They haven't reopened since they closed down initially back in March. They mm. own the building, so but I mean they have not reopened. Uh, we had a nice uh, Colombian uh, bakery coffee shop. <clears throat> they gave up. They gave up after that extended closure. Um, Well, they, um, well, we, in Texas, we're, 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 um, we don't have the, uh, strict prohibitions that you guys have on the East or West Coast. But we, we, I will maintain we got hit with a much milder dose here in the Midwest, at least Texas, because we, we didn't have any, anywhere near the issues, uh, that y'all had. So, but, but we still had issues with, uh, so game stores, because you're right, game stores were already having issues because, yeah. look, look, you can get, look, Let's face it, you get stuff cheaper on Amazon, and everybody knows that. Um, we d You just like to support a local business, and that's why a lot of people right. go into these game and comic stores. It's much cheaper to get all your games off of Amazon or buy them online, but you like to support a local place where everybody can get together and game and hang out. Well, when there's no more gaming and hanging out, and, and make no mistake, the fact that you couldn't hang out – Look, game stores rely on magic cards. Magic cards are huge. And, the, and magic tournaments, they're what keeps a lot of these games and comic stores running is magic tournaments because um, WotC gives free get, they give free prizes. Uh, they, I mean, there's all kinds of stuff you get if you run magic games at your store. But the right. biggest thing is people come in, they buy packs of magic cards, buy the dozens of the stacks, and they, and they throw a lot of money at you. Well, when you don't have these kind of events in the store and you don't have tournaments, and you don't have play days for, for magic, you're not getting even, even, yeah. even, even uh, you know, I'm about to say being <laughs> encounters, but even if you're not playing in the Adventures League or a regular gaming group that's being hosted by your, your game store, we used to go to our game store out in Long Island. Uh, this is when Tim Connolly was running games, and we would rent the room we had, and we'd all put money into a pot for that, but you didn't come with snacks. You know, you came right after work or late yeah. in the afternoon. You get there around 6.30, you go to the front, you'd buy 
your soda, you'd buy your snacks, maybe you'd buy some dice. Not that you need any more fucking dice, but what does every gamer still need more of? Sure. It's like yeah, it's like Rachel and perfumes. She can always find a perfume that she needs or a nice cool bottle that she didn't have before. I can always find dice that I don't need, but I can always right. find to buy them. So they don't have that. You know, yeah, they don't they're, yeah, they're not getting all that they're not getting that. And they I know a lot of game and comic stores, they really try with the curbside service, but you make a lot of your money off of impulse buying decisions. People walk in and they grab a candy bar and they grab, like you said, they drive a Diet Coke out of the fridge. They, they, they see a comic they haven't bought. Oh, you got a trade paperback of the X-Men. I want this, you know, Oh, there's some, there's some new D and D stuff here. I mean, all that stuff you lost and it was really, really tough. So I I think we're going to have a, and, and not only that, there's a lot of game stores that do very well at conventions. And, and you and I see that all the time, Eric. Oh my God. Yes. Some of those people go to conventions and they, that's their biggest day of the biggest weekend of the year. I mean, they, they go yep. to these conventions like game hole con or Gary con and they make money. A lot, a lot of it's cash, which means maybe the IRS doesn't know exactly how much you made at the con. So th- that kind of stuff. Hypothetically, really, really hypothetically. hypothetically totally, totally hypothetically. Um, so that's tough to um, take all that away from one year when a lot of these stores are really just barely making rent as it is. And then just to say, yeah. okay, you know, now you're, now you just lost all your sales. Now you lost all your con sales. You lost all your impulse buying sales. Um, I'm sure it's tough. We should have, we should have David Donahue on sometime. He, he runs a, uh, Etten games in, um, in Houston. And uh, I'd be curious to see how they did this year because I, you know, they're, even though, Texas wasn't as bad as a lot of the states. I know they had to shut down for a while, and, and I'm sure they had to have curbside service. Um, yeah, that's not a good situation. I, a lot of these stores are really going to be jonesing to open up, but but as you said earlier, a lot of that depends on on local. That doesn't depend yep. on what goes on in the world. It depends on what your county says. What your county? What your state says? I yep. mean, I live in New York City. Our our mayor and in New York City, and our governor for New York State can't get on the same fucking page if, <laughs> if you gave them the same character sheet with the same character and said, here, they go, what we go? He's lawful evil. I'm going to go, no, it's chaotic evil. I'm reading, what does Ellie mean to you? It means chaotic. All right, fuck it. No, it's just bizarre. But uh, I also, I think part of the secret to Texas and other southern states that are in that, uh, the heat belt, I'll call it, is that you? You know, viruses tend to do better in cold weather. Yeah, definitely. And if you're in a state that has four seasons, Texas is not one of them. Texas has uh, half a season in the front and half a season in the back. Yeah. And oh, we were sixty degrees long. yesterday. Yeah, we're, we're not even freezing yet. Yeah, and you have, you have a really long summer, and then 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 you have a little spring and a and a little fall, but. Uh, the virus doesn't have a chance to necessarily. So, so places like Texas, you know, my especially June in Texas, I think every virus. It's like who needs who needs disinfectant? Who needs hand sanitizer? Just step outside into the fucking heat during the North Texas RPG Con. <laughs> get your taco from the taco truck. Get and your get vitamin. Your, get your vitamin D too. Yeah, you'll be. Yeah, fine. you know. All right. So another ten minutes have passed. Next on alcohol parade day, you can tell, always tell it's a quality liquor when it's in a plastic bottle. Oh, um, see, that's so you don't break yeah, it. And get, yeah, sure. And get okay, so we have um, tequila. I've never heard of this brand of tequila. Silver, 
Mexicano Altino. Altino. I've never heard of this. I'm I'm a Cuervo man when I do drink. So I'm Cuervo okay. or what's the other one because of the letter the P, I can't remember. So oh my god, this smells bad. <laughs> Does tequila go bad? Uh, smells, you know, well, I'm I'm not, I'm gonna hedge my bets here. I'm just gonna take a little of it because it actually smells bad. All right. Let's give it a shot. Well, it's alcohol. It's, I mean, how bad could it get? You're you're assuming that it's uh, oh. oh, I love your expression, Mike. That was awful. God, that's just that's going in the trash can. That's not even tequila. Oh. Yeah, I, it tastes like it went bad, but it, it it can't go bad. It's alcohol, right? Oh, hey, oh. Uh, I haven't had tequila since oh, I was twenty. Gross. Probably 20. Uh, when my gaming group was giving a goodbye party to my friend Lenny that was going into uh, the Air Force, that was the day I drank so much tequila that uh, I we had a we had one with the worm at the bottom, and I got the worm. And <laughs> That's um, I, uh, oh yeah, I, I remember standing on the hood of a car to pee on a mailbox. Sure, in the middle of winter, and I demanded <laughs> from the from the hot dog vendor. At 74th Street and Broadway in Jackson Heights, that was selling hot dogs at 2 a.m. in the morning. And uh, this is going back over 30 years. I demanded my crack dog because who else <laughs> but a crack dealer is out at 2.30 in the morning? Oh boy. Uh, needless to say, I was not allowed to drink tequila again. After <laughs> you could that. have been a college dude. I mean, come on. No, I, yeah, it could have been, I guess. There used to uh, be a Austin, there was UT. When I go visit my friends down there in the '80s, there was a um, a uh, taco guy, and he would be open all night long in a parking lot of the dorm. And that guy had a line around the block every weekend night. He must have made so much money. But he served soft tacos. First time I ever had a soft taco, actually. Served soft Ooh. tacos and burritos, and um, yeah, they weren't street tacos. They were just tacos and a flour tortilla, and then he had burritos. And you can imagine every Friday and Saturday night, it was. ridiculous. Ridiculous, and I think he was open till two or three in the morning, and and that was yeah, there was um, there was some interesting goings on in that parking lot two and three in the morning. So well, it, was, it, was, it was it was always fun to visit my friends down there because we didn't we didn't have anything like that in DFW. There was DF, DFW is not a college town. We don't have a college. We have college. Uh, it's not a college Jackson town. Heights is not a college area. Jackson <laughs> Heights. The highlight for Jackson Heights at that time was the. Uh, and and forgive me for saying this, the he/she prostitutes that would frequent the area within about a four-block radius. Because I had a friend that lived there, and he had to tell him all the time, "I'm not interested." He's like, "I can't leave my house after 9 p.m. Why? Because I get propositioned <laughs> by by men dressed as women." And you were just scared at one point you might just say yes. I mean, come on. I well, you, listen, at that age, you know, you're kind of like, <laughs> "Whoa, they're interested in me." <sighs> oh, really? wait a second. Is that five o'clock shadow? Oh, never mind. Oh man! All right, so what? So, so we're we've talked about conventions a lot this year, and so we're yes. we we don't know we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know. Any, we have no clue. We we just know that Total Con's not happening, and Gary Con's not happening. Past that, it's I mean they are happening online, but past that, we just don't know what's going to happen. So we'll have to wait and see on that. Um, game stores, we don't know about Ooh. that. Either. So we're, we're hoping yeah. we're hoping that they stay open. Now, what about gaming in general? Because I don't know if we actually had a, had an upsurge during the time 
we were locked up, but it didn't, nothing was, nothing bad happened. I mean, I, I think Watsy did probably did pretty well considering, oh, I, considering they I, weren't able to go to conventions and sell anything. I, I think gaming as a whole um, did really well because you had zoom and, and there was so many people gaming online with zoom. And I, I talked to a lot of people that had got out of the habit of gaming Well, they're stuck at home. They're bored out of their skull. And then one of their old friends from college or something calls and say, hey, we got a game going on in Zoom. You want to pop in? Like, yeah, what the hell is Zoom? Well, yeah, it's this place we can hang online. And I have talked to so many people what that was their experience this year, that they really hardly ever gamed at all. And then once they started getting online, boom, they were on online conventions. They were gaming with their group online. So I think gaming, gaming as a whole, I think, did fine. Or RPG I, gaming, I, at least. I remember in the springtime, uh, Roll20 uh put out a special like update and they were like they heard you know once covid hit italy now covid hit italy before it did us mm -hmm. um the number of users in italy shot up like four or five fold and then it spread as covid spread the number of users spread you know and uh, my my thoughts is that i think 2021 is going to be a huge boon for the VTTs out there. Now, I've been following VTTs since the days of Klugworks and Screen Monkey and a lot of other assorted shite that should never seen a lot of day, but did. And um, I think that we are going to get to the point where creators of VTTs are going to start understanding that you know what? People don't really care if you can give them uh, realistic animated dice on the screen. Uh -huh. They want tools that allow you to ro role play as a player or as a DM that you can do either. Um, you can go uh, full VTT with the pods and the pods and the, and the dynamic lighting and all this other crap. Or can step to the back and give you, you can use minimally uh and do almost do theater of the mind so that it becomes less intrusive in a way than the actual physical game table we aren't there yet um but i think once we get to that point and and again uh like you're saying zoom the zoom has this great aspect it's it's great for chat i remember playing uh in the early days, using Skype or using Google Hangouts, and uh, oh my God, using Roll Twenty, where my friend in Georgia could hear me, but I could not hear them. But <laughs> but Vancouver, yeah. Canada could hear both of us. Right, but we couldn't hear him. And then let's not even get to the video being out of sync. <laughs> but uh, but everything got better, right? I mean, everything has gotten better. Everything's gotten better, but I think that this year. It's going to get even more better because with the influx of people that have gone to VTTs, yes, once we can start gaming face-to-face, -face, a lot of them will go back to gaming face-to-face. -face. Don't get me wrong. However, just like businesses have learned, uh, you know, a lot of the office spaces have learned that they don't need to have their full workforce in the office, you know, maybe they can reduce their 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 rent footprint by leaving people home and people at home are finding a lot of times that they're more productive being home and not having an hour commute on either end makes their days so much brighter. Sure. I think that 
there's maybe a, a portion of gamers that were strictly tabletop before that are now they're going to be hybrid. And they can say, well, I still game once a week with my home group, but I got this great group that I've met over the internet, and we game on Saturday nights, and we got a player from Australia. And, and once oh, yeah. I know people that are in three game, they're in three different games right now because they, they started gaming with people online or they met people at conventions online. And they're like, hey, I've got a regular game Tuesday night. You want to hang out? Like, I got nothing better going on. I got no job. I'm not, or right. I've got, I, I'm working at home. Yeah, hell yeah. I'm, I'm gaming your game Tuesday night. And I know two different people that have three three games going on online. Now, I was very lucky. My my group met all during the year. Uh, one of the We did have to peel it down to the core. We It was only me and three others. Right. Um, and so, because we had a lot of people that it was kind of those games you just pop in with your character, whatever you want to come in. Well, because a lot of those guys were out of town or they weren't nearby or had issues, we really got it down just the three core people. We were able to meet once a month, even during the pandemic, um, masked and, and socially distanced inside the warehouse. But um, I, I was lucky in that regard. And, and most people don't have that option. Um, because of you know, people don't live don't live close by anymore. I mean, everybody lives so far apart. That's, that's why online gaming is so appealing because you can game with somebody in Birmingham. You got a guy in Ontario. You got to go over here in California, and this guy over here is you know is three cities away. And so it works out really really good to get that online gaming. I, I'm I think a lot of the companies were caught off guard by the amount of people that were using them suddenly, and I think they're going to start. Realize the potential of what they're doing. I think you're going to see some improvements in the Roll Twenty experience and the and all the VTT gaming experiences because I I just don't think anybody was nobody knew this was coming. This this was no. totally out of the blue. And I expect that we're going to have a new player or two. I, I've I've seen rumblings mm -hmm. that <clears throat> we're going to have some experiences that are going to maybe be a more intuitive interface. Uh, you know, Roll Twenty's interface really hasn't changed over the years, and maybe there's some right. better way to present it. It's it, listen, it's a, it's a great tool. I use it. Fantasy Grounds, great tool. I don't use it now, but as a player, I've used it. But uh, you know, it's interesting to see what the new generation. I, I would call like Fantasy Grounds and Roll Twenty mm, second generation of VTTs, right? Where the it's going to be a third generation, and I, I'm looking forward to it. Now, the other thing is, uh, are you going to, you know, it, it becomes, it gets supported by a subscription model or a one-time fee. Uh, are you going to say, oh, I want uh, gamers? I hate to say it, Game, gamers will spend a lot of money, but they're still cheap. So they'll spend a lot of money on, right. on certain stuff and then chintz on other. Yeah. Others are like, well, I don't have to play. Pay to play at my own my own game right. table, or if I use uh, if I just use Skype, I don't have to pay anybody for that. Um, and I think that there's an issue with that now. Um, as John uh, just said, because if you people are playing by VTTs, what's going to happen to traffic in the game stores? Well, I think that's obvious. Game store traffic is down; it was going down prior, which means game stores are going to have to offer incentives to get people in stores. And whether that incentive is uh, the, the bill is footed by the game stores or by the publishers, but again, Wizards of the Coast does great with magic in, in, in gaming stores. And I can see them giving more incentives. But RPGs, which can be printed on demand, uh -huh. and it means you don't have to have stuff in your warehouse, you don't have to pay for warehouse space. Um 
that's another thing. I, I, I personally think that over the next decade, we're going to see uh, a retreat of RPGs from physical spaces in stores, with the exception of D&D, because it's got such a, a great mindset and, and presence. But I think that stores that are are focused on RPGs. Well, well look at look, like look. You only have so much shelf space, and 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 stores have been fighting this war with comics for years too. Because when you just had DC and Marvel, it was one thing. But when all the the you know Dark Horse and all the other you know many many smaller companies came in, you had to allocate your shelf space. You know, well, you know, it, Marvel and DC are the big two, but boy, this, you know, Dark Horse has Predator comics and Alien. I mean, you had to figure this out. Well, the same thing's happening with games right now because it used to be there was only there was only a few games. There was D&D, there was a Call through there was, you know, uh, Palladium stuff. There was a few things. Well, now there's so much stuff out there. Yeah. And you don't have room for it. like the like the game the hot, you know, game that popped up last year was was Merck Berg. Merck Borg. Berg. And Merck the Berg. Well who does that go on your shelf in your store? I mean is that something you have to buy ten copies of or five copies of a stick on your shelf your store? What if everybody sees it and says, I'm not playing Mork Borg man and so you're stuck with it. I mean, you're right. I mean it's it's gonna be tough with all the new companies coming out and all the new games coming out to decide I mean it's a no brainer to give you know Paizo room and obviously give Watsy room. Um, but you know, you're cutting out a lot of your sales if you're not looking at some of the smaller companies that really put out some great, great product. Um, but then, except it becomes more of a gamble. And, yeah. and let, let's be honest, when it comes to most retailers, and I worked retail for eight and a half years before I went to law enforcement. And I used to talk to, uh, when I was in electronics, I would talk to our actual buyers that came from the home office. I wanted to pick people's minds and uh, generally, the thought was, you have loss leaders. You're gonna, would you try to bring people in to retail? Uh -huh. In our case, that was usually some uh, piece of shit twenty inch Magnavox TV because this is <laughs> right late eighties, and uh, and you're selling it for two thirty nine. You paid two twenty for it. So just just the cost of transporting that, you're already you're already beyond your cost. Sure. You bring, you're hoping that they come in for that and you sell out of your 20 pieces in the first night. And for the next three days of sales, sure, you're taking orders, but maybe somebody wants something different. Maybe somebody wants to step up to that 25. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm dating myself. Yes. I remember the 30-inch TV sets came out. I was like, they're, oh, my God. They were so big. Yeah, I can't even see them now. like a potion stamp. Yeah, no, I'm like a 65-inch. I'm like, thank God. All right. This is this oh, tequila. Is it, a, is it a glass? Oh, it's not opened. Oh my God! I'm I'm popping the I bottle. Hear, here. I hear the I hear the crack. I okay, this is called Juarez Tequila Gold. Not tried it, and once again, it smells bad. I know tequila doesn't go bad, so I'm gonna just ignore that smell. And we're gonna have a little bit of a te Juarez Tequila Gold. Once again, I'm a Cuervo man, so I don't really know much about this. Oh, uh, it's just something that are not, not these, are not, these are not good tequilas. These are not good tequilas. This is not good. Oh god. Yeah, so far right. I have not found anything that I'm that I got I got in the keeper shelf here. This is bad all stuff right. all around. So uh Bill Barsh believes that all, oh. the, all the online gaming will have a converse effect and game conventions will explode. I agree with you, Bill. I, th I think people when people once they get 
once the vaccinations start and they think they're going to, they're going to think they're safer and they're going to want to get the hell out of the house. I mean, look, we're an impatient society. We, we can't stay locked up this long. We, we've already absolutely failed at being locked up this long. But you know what? It's, it's not just the United States. You look at countries, you've got, br- they've had riots in Brussels. They've had riots in Belgium um, because they don't want to have total lockdowns anymore. The, it's not just a you know, United States thing. It's a world thing. So, right. yes, when people are allowed to get out and they can finally say, look, you know, I think, I don't think I'm going to get anybody sick. And even if I get sick, I'm, you know, I'm 30 years old and I'm pretty good health or whatever. I, I don't, I'm not worried about catching COVID. You know, I, I don't want to give it to my grandma, but she's had, she's been vaccinated. So let's go to a convention and have a great time. And I think that you're going to see that. You're going to see a lot of people just, just getting wild and getting, getting jiggy with it, man. They're going to be heading to the cons and spending money and just going nuts. And so uh, you, you're going to have a, a short period of, you know, like I said, Gary Con canceled, Total Con canceled. But once you get the vaccine rolling, um, I agree with Bill. I think you're going to, people are just going to be nuts to go out there, which is why I think Gary, Gen Con will happen this year. I, I think Gen Con is going to make it happen. I think Indianapolis is going to make it happen. They're, they're going to figure out a way to make it happen. I don't know if that means cutting the attendance in half. I mean, I, I don't know, or, or, you know, making everybody wear masks. Obviously, everybody would still have to wear a mask anyway. Right. And I, I don't know how you social distance at Gen Con because you can't social. I, I couldn't social distance in Gen Con yeah. back in 94 or whatever it was when I went there. Jeez, it, 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 that's an impossibility. But, and I'm going to say this, all right, because this is generally. It's been it's been my saying since high school, but the optimist dies a thousand deaths, the pessimist but one. If you are right, in my mindset, I I see conventions coming back maybe, maybe in time for game hall. I think that I, I think that that and again, I, well, I game, game, holes in, game holes in October this year. So yes. we're we're looking at Ten months. I mean, t- ten months from now. Right. Yeah, yeah. Especially since I, you've got I, I the first see, people I, getting vaccinated now. Yeah, I think you're. I think ten months from now, I, I might be okay. I, I think. I think that something like uh, uh, Gen Con. Because again, we don't know the numbers that they need to be profitable, but uh, there's there's got to be a point where Gen Con's going to say we could run the con, but the numbers don't justify what we got to do. For the money that's going to come in, it doesn't justify our cost. It's better off being a wash. And I don't know where those numbers are. And you don't know. Uh, again, if, if yeah, but you don't want people getting in the habit of not going into your con, though. And this will be two oh, years I, in a row they didn't go to your con. And I think that's what scares them almost more than anything. You don't want to take your time from being a brand name off. You don't want to take that out. I'm not disagreeing, but do you want to be Indianapolis or, you know, or Indiana and say, Oh shit. Well, we had Gen Con and <laughs> one, out of five, one out of five attendees uh, came down with uh, COVID-19. I don't think it's going to happen. And I'll, I'll give you, I'll, I'll give you an example. Right now, the Dallas Cowboys are allowing 30 – they have a 100,000-seat stadium. They're allow, right. allowing 30,000 people per game. They've had zero outbreaks connected to any stadium activities or any, any games. Um, I think in a, in a venue that big, 30 I – mean, like if you had a 100,000-seat stadium, 30,000 is pretty spaced out. It's outdoors, though, correct? No, it's inside. It's it's, it's inside, but it's it's a gigantic stadium. I mean, it's it's humongous. I mean, I, I think people. The problem is that Gen Con is so 
condensed, so compact. Now, maybe if you take 60,000 and you knock it down to 15 and you spread it across the same venues, you'd have initially, but then do you make the money back to justify that, it? Now, that, that is true, but but you're also talked about and people start talking about there. And then when you start having pictures of people having games and having fun, everybody that sat at home because they were scared is going to say, well, damn it. I'm going to Gen Con next year because I forgot how fun that is. And everybody's having such a great time. What, what was I thinking about? Yeah, I, sh I should have gone. That's all they want to do. They want to get pictures out there of people gaming with their masks on and, and being socially distanced. They just want people to know that we're open for business. That's, that's what you want to avoid is people st to stop thinking about you and stop remembering that you have a convention every year. And that's what I think worries them almost more than anything. It'd be like, you know, let's say a sport. Let's say, let's say you had to cancel – I mean, you pretty much had to cancel baseball yesterday, last year in a way. You know what? Did, did anybody ever talk about baseball this year? Nobody talked about baseball. No, nobody remembers the Dodgers. Won. I mean, it's you, you start becoming irrelevant the more you do this. That's why sports like football were so adamant they had to put a product on the field, even if entire games got rescheduled, because they realized they couldn't be away that long. They could not be away and have people forget about football. And for and say, I, oh, I, already, oh, yeah. I already forgot about football. But. <laughs> well, because well, the, the Jets, the jets, the jets was, are forgettable. You don't want to remember was, the Jets. My brother in law told me on Christmas Eve, he goes, Oh, yeah, the Jets won a game. I went, when What are they, they doing? The They're screwing up their first round pick. Come on, what are they screwing their pick and, up for? Stop it. You can't, you can't be picking it. It's like, like they actually want to get. I, I usually, um, I would watch. Uh, a game or two on Sunday and Monday Night Football. And I think the season so far, I've seen enough bits and pieces of games to have seen a game and a half. You've had it's been a mess because a lot of stadiums, I mean you had you had really, really great uh venues like um the Packers, they couldn't have any fans. So, I mean, you, nope. you, you're you playing games at Lambeau Field with nobody in the stands. I mean, I mean it, you had people that were taking – they had to get – take COVID breaks, you know, for one or two weeks because they're exposed. Now, really not one person in the NFL got sick, sick, what I would consider, you know, hospitalization sick. Right. There were some people that caught – you know, they're, I mean, they're, these are healthy young men. that they, they would get COVID, but it wasn't horrific COVID. And so you had a lot of people that it was just a weird year. And so, yeah. but, but at least they played the games, they played the games. And Even I think that helped them a lot. Right? It helped them a lot that they played, that they actually played games and people knew that, Hey, football is continuing. We actually have football. I, I think that your danger, if you have another year without Gen Con is people start putting that money toward other things. They, they're like, Oh, well, I didn't go last two years. You know, I really didn't miss it. You know, I, I had a great time with the family at the lake in the Poconos. Yes, so we're going to do that again. We're, we're not going to go to Gen Con because it's so much easier great... and cheaper. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, yeah. I think you don't want people to, you don't want people to, because look, look what's happening right now with movies. People are realizing they don't need movie theaters. It's not going to be good for the movie industry. They're they're realizing, you know what? I can stream movies. We have all these first run movies now. Um, you know, yeah, I really don't like having to wait in line and go up there and, and there's a guy back of me talking on his phone and the food's really expensive. You know, I, I kind of like this being at home. And th that's exactly what they don't want to hear because it's it's about to put a few thousand movie theaters out of business if people decide they don't want to see movies in the movie theaters anymore. Well, so, HBO, HBO Max, I, I can yeah. see them all from my house anyway. You know, it's I can you know get my own popcorn and have my wine or beer and <laughs> – 
Now, I always argue that that the movie going experience is I don't think it's going to go away because it is fun. My wife and I like to go to the movies. We, we go to the nice theaters with big reclining seats and the waitresses. And it's the big, you know, it's like maybe 40 people in the theater. I mean, it's, it's you know, it's really nice. We, we, we like these. You can buy your tickets online so you get to pick your seats out. Um, I, I, so I think the experience will stay. I I'm not certain it's not going to be a boutique experience at this point. We're like basically to go out to the movies is probably going to cost you twenty bucks. Yeah, I think you've, you've seen the end of the you know hey five dollars a movie that's awesome because you they're not going to be able to afford a show a movie for five dollars anymore. Just to even no. get you in there to buy the overpriced popcorn, they're not going to be able to do it. Um, so I, but but that's what happened to movies. Movies became almost superfluous, and I, I don't think that. Conventions want that to happen. I definitely don't think gaming conventions want you to think that, you know, gaming online is just fine. It's fun. We don't need to go to a gaming convention. They don't want you to think that. That's terrible. And, and, I, and I think because of the human interaction element of conventions, we're never going to see them and go away. I mean, people, oh, we, we talk about that all the time, but we, we love to go. We, we love going to conventions. We miss going and seeing people and, you know, being able to game in person. So we miss that quite a bit. So I, I don't, I don't think that's going to go away, but. You just don't want to take any chances. You don't want to have people think that I don't need to go to conventions anymore. I mean, look, you're already going to have a year next year, and, and who knows, maybe you're beyond that, where you're not going to have the kind of attendances you had, the attendance you had uh, leading right. up to 2019. Now, here I got a question for you then, Mike, because maybe, maybe the secret to successful conventions is to go the route that Ticketmaster wanted to go before they backed off. Ticketmaster wanted to make it be that before you could buy a ticket through Ticketmaster, you had to show that you were vaccinated for COVID. And then they backed off and said, well, we'll leave it up to the venues. Now, what if what if Gen Con could say, hey, uh, you have to show that you've been vaccinated before you can attend our convention? I, I have two minds that because, man, I don't think you want to start going down that road because it, you, you're going to have the conspiracy people. Theory people going absolutely ape ass, and it's not going to be about your convention anymore. It's going to be about you know those SOBs are you know are micromanaging my life. You know, and there's pros and cons. I mean, I can see the pros of it. Yeah, sure, that that's a great way you know to to basically control the venue, make sure everybody there is not um, contagious. But look, even if you had the vaccine, that doesn't mean you can't get sick. That doesn't mean that, you know, okay, maybe you had the vaccine two days before you went to the convention. Well, that's not going to help you. You're going to have to have at least, you know, two, three weeks to a month beforehand. I don't know. I, I don't know that it solves a lot of problems. I think it's like we talk about uh, with security theater. I think it makes you feel better to go to a convention and go, Hey, everybody here that they've all had the vaccine. That's awesome. I, I can't get sick now. You know, I'm, I'm going to go sit in the hot tub with 18 other people, you know, and the night we're going to, you know, we're all going to drink out of the same bottle of booze because I, we've all had the vaccine. Woo. And it's going to give everybody a false sense of security. And I, I don't think that's, that's a good thing. I really don't think that's a good thing. And like Bruce says, there's all kinds of strains because I, I have swore the strain that y'all had in the Northeast is much worse than the one we had here in Texas because we didn't have near the issues y'all had, and especially on the, what's going on the West Coast right now. They're having horrible stuff on the West Coast, and they're, they're in full lockdown. <laughs> And they're the, and they're worse than we are. And we're you know we're eating in restaurants and going to the grocery store. They've got it much worse. So yeah, I, I think it puts a. It's going to make you feel good. Just kind of like the TSA, you know. Although I don't think the TSA makes anybody feel good anymore. I think it makes them upset when they they have guys shoving their hand down your pants and. Oh, you know. whoa, whoa, whoa. They don't they don't shove their hand down your pants. Okay, because I got the full body, uh, and 
I was like, if I had to frisk people like they frisked me, I don't know how I would ever have done my job because they used the back of their hands to frisk you. So really, what are you gonna find except my back sweat? When, which is probably what turned it turned the. Uh, they don't look very. The TSA agents never look happy when I see them anyway. So yeah. No, they, they look very happy in uh, not Milwaukee, uh, Madison. Madison was the ones where they they, they would have loved to have taken my sort of much light stuff, but they weren't allowed to take anything while while working. They, all they, right. were, they were all excited about gamers coming through. Rach and I. I've got this. I've never heard of this brand either. This is rum. It's called Pitu. Never heard of it. Pitu, Pitu. I highly And know once again, it smells bad. So I don't you know. know maybe, 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 I've got, maybe I've got COVID. And I can't smell anymore. I don't know. But everything. There may, there, there, no, there are reasons why this was left in Doug's. Uh, oh, I, yeah, this cabin. is why he got rid of this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably the best thing I've had so far, and it was still not very good. So that tells you what the kind of road I'm on tonight, boys and girls. No matter what I have, it's not good. I'm so sorry. Um, I, I, I'm actually, I'm enjoying my uh, pure zero carb wine. Um, it's 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 a, it's a drier wine, uh, but it's it's certainly got nice flavor to it. And you wouldn't, you know, it's like all right, I I I, I am being good to my blood sugar. Hey, well. Oh. Well, I'm, I think my, even, my blood pressure is going up because I'm eating. I'm drinking bad crap. I, I'm, okay. I'm not doing my body any favors at all. Oh, oh there we go. Whoa, oh, there you. we go. Yeah. Well, hey, that's pretty good. Yeah. I don't, I don't have my tester here. It's at home, so I can. Sorry, I can't. Can uh, I can't duel you for testing there. No, that's okay. Well, I only have like a week left because apparently I've been told by my, uh, by by my, I guess, pharmacy slash, uh. You know, prescription plan that uh, the the Libra two sensors are apparently uh, hard to find at the moment. I'm Great. assuming because it's it, it, it's a new year, and I've seen that there's been uh, a history of this with uh, the Freestyle Libra one or the the first one. That the beginning of the year, it's like oh, England had a shortage because I guess everybody's on like. Oh, my new prescription plan! Oh, hey, they all ran, ran out and grabbed it. Yeah, you know. So, I, I did the lever for a while. It was good. My insurance stopped covering it, which is terrible because it was actually I liked them quite a bit. So, maybe this year they'll start covering them again. Who knows? But yeah, they they covered them for a while, but now I'm back to good old finger sticks, which are stupid. Um, no, my, yeah, my the lever. The lever was great. I love the lever. The lever was awesome. Yeah. I'm gonna. Okay, so I'm gonna. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm curious yeah. here. This you, can't be the work. worst. This is pineapple run. Cruise on pineapple run. I oh, think that's going to be good. That has it's going to be something to make daiquiris and stuff with. So it has to, it's a lot, it's, it already smells better. It feels like it's a lot smoother here. All right, let's it's give gotta, it a shot. You've got to solve your taste buds. That was actually decent. All right, no faces. All right. That's that was actually much. not too bad. Pineapple rum is not bad, but I'm still going to have a little chaser here. I don't. I don't blame you, man. I don't blame you. So I can see why all these all these liquors were disposed of. Now, the final one on here is one I've been drinking last week, which I had last week was Old Granddad. So I'm going to save that towards the end. That that's good stuff. I had that before. I don't know why he got rid of his Old Granddad because Old Granddad's good stuff. Uh, maybe he had an extra oh. bottle. Maybe he had a full bottle. I said, ah, 
Watching Mike go through the spoils of a wrecked Russian alcohol truck from two decades ago is priceless. <laughs> we pay money to watch this in other countries. They should. This should be a game show. Oh, well, oh, I'm, I'm, just saluting, I'm just saluting our buddy Chris Dodgel. He was the one who put us on this yeah. path with, with the bad liquor last year. Sure. And, uh, cheers to Chris, man. Yeah, He's cheers to Chris. Let me see. If, oh. oh, see, that's good stuff there. There we go. Old Granddad? Uh, oh, yeah, Grand, Old Granddad. Good, good I mean, it's not the best whiskey you could buy. 114 proof, though. So, oh, whatever, so it, whatever it does, hey, it does it at 114 proof. Hey. It, it kills the virus, right? Mm -hmm. 70%. Yeah, so kills nothing else. Kills gonorrhea too. Let me, there we go. Right, we're, well, we're okay now. That's, that's that's probably more than we needed to know. <laughs> more than I needed to know. Okay, I'll 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 leave it at that. Um, now we we still have more of, of this cast left, but I'm going to grab. We simply don't have uh, Joe the lawyer to be our official uh, vice this this week. Uh, you still doing? You, you got a show this uh, New Year's Day with Joe? Uh, no, uh, we're, we are every other uh, Friday. Oh, every other. That's right. I'm sorry, I forgot. Yes, because uh, Joe is one of those people that's like got I don't know seven games a week going. Yeah, he's yeah he's crazy. He is amazing, and 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 none of them are in person at the moment. Sure, I get all my games. I get my characters mixed up at a certain point. I I I couldn't even. So I'm going to count back, and, and of course. Uh, you know, it, it's likely going to be Bruce because Bruce hasn't shut up in chat. But we'll see. <laughs> Whoa, going back. Uh, oh, can't get the camera, can I? Uh, you fucker. Uh, how? Oh, it would help if I actually... <laughs> I gotta turn the dice around. You're not even I... drunk yet. Yeah, what are you doing? Oh, fuck it, man. One, two, three, four, five. Oh, we're eight. actually going to give away free stuff. Oh, free things. Can I can I mail him one of these bottles of bad booze? I'd love to. I don't think I can. I don't think I can go through U.S. mail. Darn it. Oh, and it isn't Bruce. John Miller. John, if you're still in the room, email me at tenkars.tavern at gmail.com. You've got twenty five dollars in hey. coming to you. That's not bad. So, and I'll give another one away before we. Uh, um, so something else I wanted to just briefly talk about this week, and I, I, this is something I talked to you about, was the uh, the website I found this week that absolutely entertained me for a couple hours today. I went back to it uh, after you and I talked about it, and I got myself entertained for almost another whole another hour. I'm going to uh, highly, I, highly oh, recommend God. this. It looks good. It was a, a rabbit hole, and of course it's games. Oh, I went down that rabbit hole, and I, I kept going back to that rabbit hole because I was like, I wonder if he does this game, and sure enough. So there's a guy out there. Um, he his real his name we don't know, but he calls himself Chet on the blog, and he doesn't let his name be known because he doesn't want people where he works at to know what he does for a hobby. But for ten years, he's been playing every computer RPG for, uh, from the very beginning, and he ten years later he's up to 1992. He started I think like whatever 79, 80, whenever the first uh, games came out. He plays them. All the way through. Well, he has some rules. He has, to play, he has to play at least six hours. If it just absolutely sucks and it's just terrible, he, he's allowed to quit. But other than that, he tries to beat the game. He plays until he can beat the game. He can't read any cheats. He can't read, read any facts or walkthroughs. He just has to play the game just like he found it on the shelf. Some of the ones he remembers from when he was a kid, most of the ones he doesn't remember. Um, it, the the site is called – if you if you look up the site, 
just look up um, CRPG Addict, the computer role-playing game addict. So look up CRPG Addict. It is a great site. He lists all the games he's played. He has a rating system for all of them. Um, like I said, he's up to 1992, so he's running games like Legends of Valor right now. He'll play like two or three at the same time. He doesn't just play one game and just right. suicide on it. Um, I think one of the next ones he's going to do is the, the Spelljammer game, which I played that one, and that was the buggiest piece of crap ever. It, it was one of the few TSR games that was not the Gold Box. Where actually it was a gold box, but it was not put out by the same company. It's put out by a different company. Not at the eye, yeah. And it was it was awful. It crashed all wait, the time. Wait, but it there, there's terrible. one that didn't crash, but was even worse. Did you play Hills Far? Hell, uh, that that was yeah, that was the 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 combat. That was the gold. That was the gold, gold box. box it wasn't a gold box. Right. It right. was like you know, hey, here's your horse riding event, and you can convert oh, some of this. Yes. Oh my it, god. Yeah. Well, he he did Pools of Radiance, which actually got one of the highest ratings on his. And and we forget fun. what a great game Pools of Radiance was. It was just an absolutely amazing game. But he he talks about the historical significance of a lot of the games. Uh, talks about a lot of the companies that are no obviously they only had like maybe three or four games they went out of existence. Um, but they they did a story on him and Polygon. I think it was Polygon did a story on him. I, I clicked his site. It is it is. The, the most fun you'll have, you'll you'll spend hours going through because he has this guy. Look, he's been doing the same blog for ten years. He has hundreds of posts on all these games, and he's been running games like I said since twenty ten. Um, and he started at the very beginning, and I just think what an amazing, what an amazing project that is. And I, I think what, what what would be a similar project you could do with RPGs? Could you? I wonder if you could get somebody together and say, look, I want you to to play in a game of every RPG. From OD and D on, and 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 how long would that take you to get to where we are now? And then, I mean, you have to find somebody to run the game for you. You have to find somebody to run it right. for you. Now, you don't have to run a whole campaign. There's no way that would happen. One session, just run a session. So, I guess you would do OD and D, and then Tunnels and Trolls, Traveler. I mean, there weren't a whole lot of RPGs in the seventies. Uh, Chivalry and sorcery. Chivalry and sorcery. Until you got to the eighties, I mean, and this, this the problem this guy's running into is the same thing you run with RPGs. When he started out, there wasn't a lot of them, but he's he's hitting nineteen ninety two right now, and there is a lot of offerings he's finding out. And he says that he's going to have to maybe change the criteria by the end of the nineties because he doesn't think he'll be able to get through all the games because there's so many games that started coming out. If you think about how many games come out now, I mean, computer games. And then right. all, and then so if you if you compare that to RPGs, it's the same thing now. Look how many RPGs there are out there. When we started, you, and you had a group playing, I mean, all the group. I, I mean, I remember because it was D and D. Obviously, there's Tunnels and Trolls. There was RuneQuest. Call, I mean, Call of Cthulhu wasn't until 1980 or 81, 1980 mm -hmm. or 81. So the 70s, you didn't have that. Gamma World, Alpha. Boot Hill was there. Yep, TSR kind of had a stranglehold on all the RPGs for quite a while. Um, but yeah, when you talk about the when first start in the seventies, there's not a lot. And it starts getting then once you start hitting the eighties and you hit you know you get, then you get two thousand you get GDW and you get Twilight two thousand and all that fun stuff. Um, that'd be a fun project though. Have somebody play a session of every RPG starting off at the very beginning, and then just start rolling through. Okay, nineteen or you know nineteen seventy eight. So we got to do this, this, and this. The 1979, the 1980. And of course, 
the same thing would happen though. By the time you got to 1999, you'd be like, I'm playing 17. <laughs> I'm playing 75 sessions because there was so many yeah. games by then. And, and you're going to miss a lot of them too because a lot of this stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think that. And, and how many years are we talking about? Well, and then, too, then right? well, that, you have to find somebody to run stuff like Pirates and Plunder or just these really crazy, nutty games. I mean, you know, um, what was the one? Peril? Uh, Perils? What was the one that. Uh, the Avalon Hill head. Oh, I had too much shots already. Uh, powers and perils. You find somebody around powers and perils. Oh, oh my! So I, I think that'd be a fun project. But yeah, I have to tip my hat to this guy. That that is an amazing project he's been doing, and and it's a great blog. Check it out. Um, I I love blogs. I used to remember when the the heyday of all the great blogs out there. It's amazing to find this guy still doing the same thing after ten years. He's still doing the same blog. Um, so there are people that still use Blogspot and use all the and use the different blog stuff, which is uh, kind of cool to see somebody well, still make, you know actually doing blogs. I'm still uh, hosted by a Blogger, but yep. I, I have you know TankHardsTavern.com as opposed right. to TankHardsTavern.blogspot.com. And when did when did you start? I forget when when was your first first? Uh, two thousand and I want to say two thousand and nine, but I can wow, tell okay. you that. Farther than I thought. I thought it was a little a little later than that, but I guess you, no, yeah, yeah, it had to be. Two thousand nine, yeah, North uh, Texas, yeah, end, of, North Texas end of May, started. end of May, beginning of June, two thousand nine. I actually had a post up a year prior in two thousand eight of like, hey, I'm going to do this shit, and then it's like, uh, maybe not. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm going to post about like the RPGs and the Amazon Kindle and VTTs. <laughs> Because I have no fucking focus. <laughs> no, that was because that was where I first heard about the Great Ten Car was was your blog. But that was back in the heyday of blogs when everybody was doing a blog, and there was some great blogs out there, you know, including Joe had one, and obviously uh, Malazuski, and all, I mean all those guys, Jeff Rains, yep. and the, there was just some great, great blogs out there. But no. that, that's how that kind of how. You know that that was kind of the beginning of the OSR too, because back then you didn't know anybody that that gamed like you gained. And then you went online, and found these blogs about, hey, these people like old school games too. This is awesome. Yeah. And so I'm, you, not, I'm not alone. I'm yeah, not the only, I'm not guy the only person out here playing first edition D and D. Oh my god, there's other people. So yeah, it's it's it, that was that was pretty cool. I heard somebody saying first edition. Um, yeah, I actually clicked. The, I, I'm messing with something. I'm trying to post the uh, link to this guy's blog, and I clicked on uh, uh, YouTube, and of course, I, I don't know what I'm doing. So, uh oh, that's okay. <laughs> you're, all, you're allowed. We're all getting to that moment where we have senior moments, so that's okay. And not only that, I've had like already six or seven shots. So, all right, yeah, so you have that, you know. Senior uh, alcohol rehab moment. That's yeah. Sean Pointer put up the uh, the link. It's crpgaddict.blogspot.com. Yep, that's it. That's it. Yes, very. It's well worth your time. But if you like, because you know, role playing games are a lot of things. And for those of us who played D and D in the eighties, we were so excited by Pools of Radiance coming out because you just looked at the cover of it and you and you yep. looked at the the video. And you're like, man, this is gonna be a DD game on the computer. That's what you always dreamed of. This could be, and sure enough, you got it. And it was one of the games 
the few times I've gotten a game that actually met, met my expectations. It was so fun. That original pools of radiance you play, you're just like, this is like the best computer game ever. You just, I mean, because it came out, I want to say it came out in 87, 88. I mean, it was, it was pretty early in the computer gaming days. And up to then, the computer gaming we had was, you know, there was Ultima games, there was uh, Lord of Might, some other stuff, but none of it looked as good as Pool of Radiance, and none of it, better yet, none of it used the D&D rules. I mean, they had knock spells and magic missile, and they had mages, and they had all the same monsters, and it was just great. So, so yeah, it that's always exciting. Now, for those interested, you can play uh, I believe that Pools of Radiance is on Freenet, or what's it called? There's a site you can download games for free. I think it's free. You can get it came Pools out of Radiance. In 88. Now, I don't remember whether the uh, um, the uh, what is it? The, the counterfeit protection was the the fucking wheel. Oh, or? was that dumb? Yeah, that crazy wheel. You had to. You had the to, decoder wheel. Yes, yeah. the decoder wheel, it. which is crazy. Yeah. Ever have a friend try to photocopy that shit and make your own? Uh yeah, yeah. I don't know how you. I don't even know how you do that. Good lord. You, although I will say, I used to have the combat wheel from uh, Dragon Magazine that you could cut out and. I, I I glued it to cardboard and then I sprayed it with a spray laminate and then I did it for fucking years. That was a lifesaver. It was my GMG would have fallen apart, I think, for the month of times going into that. <laughs> According to Sean, a lot of the old D D RPGs are oh, on GOG.com. Okay, I will check that out too. Yeah, I think all the pools games are on there. There and you just, you know, it's funny because as crazy as those games were at the time, nowadays you can probably download it onto your watch, you know, your Apple Watch. I mean, there's, you know, they're they're so they're tiny, they're tiny little games. So uh, it takes yeah. you like two seconds to download it. But yeah, there's lots of enjoyment there because I used to love those little little figures, and it was just great, great playing those games. But yeah, that's yeah. Check this guy's blog out. He he plays a lot of the stuff that I like. I had a lot of computer games that I played. Like I had Conan, the original Conan game, which I think came out in '91. 90 he played that one i haven't read his playthrough yet so i'm interested in seeing that he had shadows of mortar which i had that computer game which i never played and he also had the mega traveler computer game which i once again had and never played I, I i always i was really excited about getting games but i was going to graduate school at the time and i didn't have any time to play computer games and it wasn't until i until uh, i dropped out of graduate school that i finally got to do pools of radiance like in 19 i probably played it in the 90s or early nineties, it came out in eighty eight, but I don't think I played it till like nineteen ninety uh, on my Apple two, my good old Apple two E. Uh, I had a Commodore sixty four. Mm, the Commodores are good. My brother had one of those. Before they had a Coleco Atom. If you know what a Coleco Atom was, it yep. was it was the Coleco video game system, just uh, with a Daisy Wheel printer. Oh my god, fucking loud as hell. And uh, a digital audio tape drive. The future of computing, which nobody ever else went <laughs> The future that never came for any... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I had the Buck Rogers game that came with it, and I think I had a baseball game. I didn't oh, they, they had a Buck Rogers gold box game. They had two. They had two gold boxes. I played that, play that Yep. on uh, was it the Sega Genesis. I actually... Oh, my gosh. The few ones that I actually finished. I had a blast at that one. I may have... I finished it. I may have to play a gold box game this weekend. Those were so fun. I I played all those. I played the pool radius, the Dragonlance. Now I didn't play all the Dragonlance ones. I missed a Dragonlance in there somewhere. So I may have to check out those Dragonlance uh, 
computer games. Those are, but the GoBlock system, and the guy talks about it in his blog, the, the CRPG addict. Uh, the GoBlock system was the coolest system at the time. It was it was absolutely revolutionary how they did everything, and it still looks cool. When you see the whole, because you can see a go box game, you immediately know what it is. You're like, oh, that's the go box game, because there's there was just a certain expectation about about how those go box games ran, and then how the look was just you know amazing. And so, uh, yeah, I I really was a go box fan. Matter of fact, I I was upset when they finally came out with Eye of the Beholder, because that was actually a first person game, not a go box game. Oh, so disappointed, like going, what? They're getting rid of the Go Box engine. Come on, now I, I like the Eye of the Beholder games; they're fine, but it's just a totally different game. So, and then of course we we finally got to the late '90s, and probably one of the best RPGs of all time, Baldur's Gate, came out, which was a totally different system than than first person or the Go Box. But it was it was a very cool system, and, yeah. it, and and a lot of people borrowed it borrowed it for a while, where you basically you had a screen, and your guy would walk along as he walked. You could see more and more. And then you had a part of it. it, it uh, Baldur's Gate's great. If you never played Baldur's Gate, it's fun just for the aspect of it was at the time was the best game that came out with the best RPG online there. Yeah, I, I bought a laptop, my first laptop, just so I could play that when I went to my parents' house in the Pocahontas. And that says a lot. The Infinity Inch. I couldn't remember what it was called. Thanks, Sean. The original Neverwinter's uh, Night. I, I used to play that. The original and, one, and uh, torment, you know, torment. The PlayStation torment was also oh, yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. But yeah, I, I still remember playing, uh, waiting for Neverwinter to come out. And when it did, the first thing I wanted to do was find people with their own servers. <laughs> not that I, not that any of those right. servers I ever went to were any fun. They were always empty. But the idea uh, was was a good one. Would well, you remember um, when Neverwinter Nights? It was early nineties. When that was first released as a multiplayer dungeon, you could you could basically log on online. Now, this is back when it for, for you kids out there, this is back when it costs money to play games online because you would have to pay for your minutes or whatever. And so they had Neverwinter Nights came out and you logged on to their server or whatever, and then you you know, yeah. you you entered this huge gold box type dungeon and you ran around it and you could talk to the people you there's a bar you could go to and you could actually you would type in conversations with other players. It, it, at the time it was really revolutionary, really cool. Um I only did it for a few months. I realized I was getting monthly computer bills of like hundred and fifty dollars and I was like I can't oh, do yeah. that. Oh yeah. When I had oh yeah. I was part of AOL. Uh, yeah it was a yeah it was a, it was very expensive. So yes. Yeah, I could only do it for a few times, but I, I, I that old Neverwinter Nights was fun too. But yeah, I was, I remember thinking, man, this is the future of gaming, gaming online with other people. And of course, it was a future game because now you can do that. You know, um, you could do it on your Xbox or on your computer or on your PS4 or, you know, whatever, PS5. Um, but that, that was the first time I remember that actually being something you could do on the internet was you could actually get on this Neverwinter Nights thing and play D&D. On Prodigy or CompuServe or AOL, I think it was yeah. AOL, was AOL only. It, no, was AOL. it wasn't I Prodigy. Think it was, I, I think it was AOL only. Okay, Didn't AOL right. buy out. What was I? I, I AOL bought Prodigy briefly. That I needed to go briefly. That was a customer service rep for Prodigy, one of the first people who got uh, a work from home job. She got to work from home. Oh wow! I bet they on got. Dial-up. They probably got unlimited minutes on dial-up, dial-up too. Which yeah. is that was like my dream come true if I could ever have that because that it was expensive. It was so expensive to be online all the time. 
when they charge per minute per hour per minute. I can't remember how they charged, but it was it was expensive. I I had some pretty big bills back in the early nineties, phone bills because. I'd be on for hours at a time because guess what? They had something called AOL Marketplace. You got on AOL Marketplace, and guess what? There was guys selling D and D modules there, which I didn't know where else you could ever buy them. And so, I remember getting all my Judges Guild stuff there, the stuff I couldn't find, a uh, RuneQuest, I mean, all that stuff. You'd go on the AOL Marketplace and buy all that stuff. And so, yeah, I would be sitting there looking at these hundred fifty dollars, two hundred dollars phone bills every month <laughs> because I, oh crap, how many hours was I on? I, I remember the one of the first. Things I did when I got online was download. Um, they they had a the AOL the TSR site on AOL was exclusive content, and they right. had they had the unreleased I use the un the undying, which was a supplement for the Greyhawk from the Ashes setting, which was never published, but it was completed. It was all finished. It was just never actually slapped cover slapped on it and some artwork and put out. And so right. they had the entire download um on aol uh, on aol so to download <laughs> you'd have to turn your computer on about nine o'clock at night and let it run all night long and then eventually when you woke up at eight o'clock in the morning you had i use the undying and you could read a whole new greyhawk supplement that never came out so it was i don't know however many pages long then if you wanted to print it out that was a, about a ream of paper that was that thick but uh but yes i remember that was the first time a, uh, TSR actually had a really good site on AOL. Um, they did. There was a really good site. We could go there. There was there was um, Frank Menser was there quite a bit. There was a a forum where you could go there and like there's different forums for different games like Greyhawk or whatever Forgotten Realms and you could go there and talk about games. It, it was it was pretty cool. It was uh it was seemed like it was and I think they were exclusive to AOL for about four or five years. I can't remember exactly when they stopped being exclusive. Uh, but this is before the internet as a whole. It was just when AOL, when all the big companies control everything, AOL, Prodigy, CompuServe, all those right. companies, they had their own like little site there. So, see, I, I had a problem with my AOL because when I got the my first CD drive, there was a conflict. Oh, yeah. Well, on uh, an ICQ, whatever IRQ, and I couldn't use with Windows three point one. I could not use AOL, it would crap out, but I could use it in Geos. So I would have to load up the Geos version of AOL. And if you did the Geos version, there was a hack of AOL. Go, uh. to, helping, go to members helping members and jump out real quick. And every third time or so that you did it, your uh, what are you going to call it? Your, your monetary counter wouldn't click in. Oh, so you just go back nice. and forth and wait till when the counter wouldn't click in, and then you go anywhere and download whatever you wanted to because now AOL wasn't wasn't counting your time. So I, I I will admit that. But they got listen. The internet got me back years later with EverQuest two. So <laughs> years later, EverQuest two. Again, you go. Oh my god! I found this great way to make in you know money. In game, I was doing great, but the problem is I had to, you had to be logged in to vend. Yep, you had to be logged in. The computer had to be on. So in the mornings before going to work, I would turn on my computer, log in. I'd sell. I'd go come home, turn it off. Let the computer rest for a bit. Go log in. Game whatever. Well, my first month's electric bill for my computer yeah. being logged in and running. 
But it's one hundred and seventy-five dollars <laughs> for more than my usual electric bill. Like, oh, fuck! It yeah, wasn't worth it. Mm. Yeah, it was not worth it. Well, I, I had a friend that back in the early days of Ultima, he actually made a living off of selling stuff in game. And that's this is like the late 90s. And that was just so shocking to me because I couldn't believe he did that. But he had he lived in a trailer and he had three computers set up. And I and I didn't play Ultima online. I'm not sure. But apparently you could mine stuff and you could find stuff. So he would have all three of them going and he'd just be pushing buttons all the time. I'd go over there and visit him. Maybe pushing buttons. This guy's, what's that guy doing? He's mining. He's mining. He's mining. He's mining. And this guy's doing this. He would do that eight hours a day every day. That It was his job. That was his job. And so he'd get these characters to a certain level. He'd sell them online and oh, eventually, yep. eventually would sell them on eBay. And he would make, you could make $100, $200 a character. Um, I guess it was worth it. I mean, I don't know if he was necessarily making a lot of money, but he was basically getting paid to play a game. So, I mean, it's, it's not too shabby, but every once in a while he would do something where you'd find some valuable, something valuable you could sell online. I guess you could still do that in games online now too. Um, but yeah, he, he would did that a whole summer. He just sat there and played, uh, played Ultimate Online all day long. And, and you know, yeah, I got paid. Yeah, I made $300 yesterday. I sold three characters or two characters. I'm like, oh, that's not bad <laughs> for you know, what you're doing. You're not basically not working. I mean, I, I tried the back back in the early days of online RPGs. I tried pretty much every one that came out. I tried Meridian Fifty Nine, which uh, wasn't all that great. I did Ultima, and I got griefed and fucking <laughs> anywhere with that fucking game. That can happen, yeah. Um, there, I, there was there, there was a really good Middle Earth one. There was also a Star a Star Wars one. Um, I had some friends play that. Yeah, I played that quite a bit. Before that, I played the realm from Sierra Online, which was pretty lame. But you know, you 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 wanted to try them all. Then I found you know EverQuest and Anarchy Online, and my soul was gone for a number. Of years. <laughs> yeah, people would get sucked into that. So I, I I was always too busy to really do that stuff full time. I could never get involved as much. And I was saying this to Zach the other day. I said, you know. This guy that did the the CRPG addict, I need to do a project like that starting in 2000 because the last game I played in a long time was Baldur's Gate. I played Baldur's Gate, and the next game I can remember playing was Skyrim, which came out in 2011. But I didn't play it in 2011. I I thought I think I started playing it in 2015. So I went 15 years without playing any computer games, online games. I was okay. just too busy. I didn't have time. So I right. missed a whole generation of games. I missed all the Grand Theft Autos and all the Fallout. And I mean, just, just Halo, all that stuff. I missed it all. I missed all that stuff. So I said, maybe I could do a project someday where I'll, I'll start at 2000 and start playing all okay. the games that came out in 2000 on because I always thought that I'll play them. You know, one of these days I'll have time to play them. But right now I just don't have time. I got too many things going on. I'm too busy. Well, then I never had time. And then finally, not until my grandson got old enough to get an Xbox and he begged me to get an Xbox too to play with him. Then I finally kind of got back into, Oh yeah, this is, Whoa, Skyrim's cool, man. Oh, Hey, what's this game? Oh, this game's cool too. Oh. And so I started kind of getting back into the games once I saw how, just how incredible they were compared to, you know, when I played them. But yeah, the, the last thing I played was probably Baldur's Gate and Torment. And then after, and I might've played Icewind Dale. I don't think I did. I seem to remember. So I got a good question for you then. I want I want your opinion. This is just this is organic based upon a conversation we've had tonight. So, do you see in the next couple of years, uh, 
a hybrid game between computer RPG and VTT. In other words, some way that they're going to bring that feel of tabletop RPGs to a Skyrim-type game that you can play with your gaming group that isn't an MMO. Are I we wish gonna- well, so, so I've... Have you ever have you seen um, 3D gaming yet? Where you put the goggles yeah. on? You, yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. It's it, I think it's incredible. I mean, I look at that. And it, I just it's think, incredible, wow, but this it's is incredible. Great. But it gets it gets uh, really uh, the magic wears off quickly because the graphics just don't quite reach right. Where but, you need. but imagine the graphics get a little better. Then right. the, then imagine they're able to actually link that into like where five or six people can play in the same dungeon at once. And then imagine somebody sets up Tomb of Horrors. And so you, you, me, and Joe the Lawyer, and and Sean, and somebody else, we're all sitting at the opening, and there's the opening Tomb of Horrors. And we got our VR... That would be fucking awesome. Our VR helmet's on, and we're like, okay, we could actually go through Tomb of Horrors. That's, see, that's what I think... I would, I would want that, but I would want that with one caveat, and I would say I would want a live DM that can intuitively interact with the environment and act as a DM. Uh-huh. I, I don't want it automated. I want where the players, right. go, they want to do something that's not, you know, from the drop-down list of the pre-programmed. I want it where they can be going through that, and then, all right, well... Uh, we're looking for secret doors. All right. Well, you know what we're going to do? Uh, I got a full bladder, literally, and I'm going to piss on the wall and see if my <laughs> urine pulls uh-huh. where the outline of a door could be. And there's a computer going, uh, that does not compute. What? Huh? And goes, all right. Well, you know what? I'll <laughs> let you roll with a plus one because as disgusting as that might be, well, you remember the old uh, Larry Niven book, uh, Dream Park? Uh, it came out like 1981. 80, I can't remember when I was just graduating high school, so it must have been 81. Anyway, so Dream Park, that's basically what Dream Park is. You you get this character and you go to this park, and this guy, he's sitting up on this control room, and he sets up a dungeon for these, or a whole huge plot line for these to go right. through, but he can change things on the fly, too. If he sees something going on, he can do things. And so basically, it becomes a uh, it's like a like the Truman Show. He's up here, you know, directing everything, so he can see his this guy's going through a dungeon, but he can also send different things against him, and so he's basically kind of a more anti- antagonistic DM. I mean, he's, he builds the whole dungeon, but he can also get in there and fiddle with stuff. And so, if you did something like that, that would be pretty amazing, where the DM could actually go in there and change stuff. Uh, they're obviously not there yet. That's obviously VR gaming. Right. You know, VR gaming still has a long way to go, but the potential of it. It's just absolutely amazing. If you play, I played a little bit of Alien Isolation, I think it was, on VR. It was absolutely the scariest, most chilling thing I've ever done. Because you're actually walking in those halls knowing that there's an alien, like in the movies, hiding somewhere. And he's going to jump out and eat your fucking face off. And you're just like, holy shit. And I mean, you're really, you're, right. you're, you're shake. I mean, you're, you're trembling, you're trembling and sweating. And, and as you're walking, you know, cause you're seeing as you walk along, you can see all this stuff and it's just amazing. Now, so if they just improve it a little bit and get it to where, yes, like you said, a, a DM has some agency. You could actually have a DM that has agency that can change things on the fly. Yeah. That, that, that's kind of the ultimate. I think that, that would be the ultimate yeah. thing you could do. And I think once you start doing that, that's the, that will, whatever that is, that's the end of pen and paper games. Now, I don't see that happening for another 25, 30 years. So that, that's still got a long time. But when that happens, 
that will be there won't be any more pen and pen paper games anymore because everybody's going to say, well, there's what's the point of doing that when I can just here's this guy right here. He just coded in the Slaver series. He just coded it in and he's going to run the game this weekend. We're playing in his game. You'd be like, yeah, what's the point of doing pen and paper when we could actually be the be the actual characters and you look at right. your hands and you got a sword in your hands and you're like this is cool and you look at your friend you know and eric is over here he's a dwarf you know fighter and you know sean was over here and he's an elf chick or something you know then you can actually like well this is this is really really cool um but yeah i think that's where we're headed to with vr i don't, I don't it's not anywhere near there yet but if you've ever seen vr first of all if you haven't seen vr it's better than you'd ever imagine because you see it on TV and you see people talk about it until you actually stick the helmet on your head and do it. You don't realize how amazing it is. And it's just so immersive. It's so incredibly immersive. Um, I did it with, you know, Zach's really into VR. Zach Glazer is right. usually in VR. So I've played with his VR before. And it, this was, we were even talking about two or three years ago. So it wasn't even the quality it is now. And it was still absolutely amazing. It's just absolutely amazing. And apparently the stuff they have now is even better. Um, so that, that'll be the that'll probably be the end of pen and pencil gaming when that comes out, but we don't have that. We'll be dead before that gets that good, I think. I really do. Yeah, sad, ain't it? <laughs> sad in a way. I mean, you know. Yeah, you know, I know. I'll just I'm like I said, for me, that would be uh, the pinnacle. DM agency in um, an immersive virtual environment. Uh, I mean, even the latest version of uh, uh, Neverwinter Nights was trying to say, like, oh, well, you can run adventures. Like a G no, you could. Not really, yeah. No, no. And I wouldn't even need the VTT, the virtual aspect of, the, of being that immersed into it. But the tools weren't there to run an adventure anywhere near like you would a tabletop yeah. RPG. Now imagine going to now here's the cool thing about VR. Imagine going to a convention and they have VR rooms set up there. And so so let's say I mean you can't afford let's say you can't afford a VR system right. or you form it basic stuff. Well, that's what reason to go to a convention because you can go to a convention, go into one of the VR rooms, put the helmet on. There's six other guys at the convention or ten other guys. You can all get together and go, hey, what's going on? Well, we're gonna go through, you know, like you said, Tomb of Horrors or something. That would be fun. I mean, that, that that would be a reason to go to conventions. I, I would definitely go to well, conventions. Again, like that. but that that is added value. I think that that is something that conventions going forward are going to have to figure a way to add value to the experience right. of going to a convention. When they go, well, we offer games to play. But yeah, but I can do that online in my underwear well, at my desk, <laughs> and you do. But well, and I do. But well, I'm wearing pants now because it's you, and Mike. Uh, I wanted to make sure. Thank you. Well, that's one of the yeah, things that yeah. Doug does. You know, he did it. He started doing it two years ago at the convention. He got he has about fifteen laptops, and he has a room, and all the laptops are hooked up. In the, and I don't, I'm sorry, I don't remember the name of the game, guys. Some of you guys might remember it. It's a Star Trek kind of genre game, but basically, you sit down at the laptop, you log in, and you can actually run this kind of Star Trek type game with other people in the room at the same time. And I don't remember the name of the game, but it was very oh, I know, popular. I know, I know which one you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, I don't remember the name of it, but it, but it was people that played it really enjoyed it. And so they asked a few people asked Doug if he could expand that and include other games on there. So he, Doug's been looking for some other stuff to run on there that 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 is like that type of experience where you log into the laptop and you're and there's a big screen up there and you can basically do stuff on the screen. Um, yeah, I think that 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 adds a level. Of you're like, well, I wouldn't be doing this at home. Yeah. And 
I mean, cause listen, I go to conventions to socialize, uh, as do you. I don't know if the majority of uh, attendees at conventions are socialized. I think the majority go to game. I, right. used to be, I used to fill my fucking schedule with games. Now I fill my schedule with running one or two games, uh, working the convention table. I'll even be happy to run it when it's not. I'm, but you're not down for the next three hours. Yeah, but it's either this or sit in my hotel room. Right. I could sit at home and do nothing. I'd rather be out here. I'll help and and again socialize. That's what I'm there to do. I want to meet my fellow gamers. But if your reason to go to a convention is pretty much, oh, I'm not looking to shop. I just want to play games. Now you're going to be you're the guy who's going to be going. I'll, I'll game in my underwear. But now it's like, well, <laughs> this convention has the opportunity. Right. You can play uh, Bridge Commander or whatever the heck it's called. Uh, and, you know, that adds something that you can't necessarily do at home. And I think that, well, that, that is important. That That's when – that's look, well, we're always going to have game conventions, and we'll probably always have some kind of game store. But that's going to be added value stuff. When you start getting things like that, uh, I know a game store that was local to me. They started having um, online computer games like Diablo at one point, and they're extremely popular. Uh, they had to stop doing it though because so many people would come in. I think he charged per hour, or I don't, I can't remember what it was an hour, but but people monopolized all the space of the store because they'd be sitting at the computer games all day long. It was so much fun, and then they weren't buying anything in the store. They were just right. playing Diablo online for, you know, yeah, for like seven hours a day. You know, even though I, I don't know who's charging him five dollars an hour, I don't know who's charging him, but it's still what he wasn't getting back. You know, with the money he's putting in. Um, right. But yeah, yeah, added value stuff like that is going to will help out conventions quite a bit. Although conventions are going to go away, they'll they'll always be conventions. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely. But they're going to have to adapt and overcome, and I think that yeah. uh, 2021 is where they are going to. Uh, have to uh, adapt. I think that even the conventions uh, that do take place in person are going to have to figure out, especially the ones they're doing for profit. I'm not talking about North Texas, which, you know, the, if it breaks even, it's yeah. a good year. But I'm talking about the ones that, and I'm not going to name them, but the ones that are doing it for a profit are going to have to figure out additional revenue streams because you're not going to be getting the registration. <laughs> Even even if 2021 and suddenly like COVID free by, uh, you know May first, and we're not going to be, they're still going to be tamping down the maximum number of attendees in any of these events. Sure, yeah, you're so going to need yeah. they're going to need to figure yeah. out additional income streams, and it could be events within the events. Oh, come play our, you know VTT, uh, you know burn down the tavern. Right. And uh, it's only uh, ten dollars. Just because you can start playing in person doesn't mean that com conventions are going to start giving up their online side of it. They're not. There's no reason to that that they, they can operate the online stuff. I mean, Doug and I were just talking about the other day with North Texas. Um, it was great last year. We had people playing online games, and we didn't do anything. We just said, "Look, here's our Discord channel. You guys figure it out. You run games online. We're not going to mess with it." And tons of people were able to set up and run games. And we decided, you know, look, even if we have an in-person convention this year, we'll just open up the Discord channel like last year. Be do whatever they want. If you want to play on Zoom, just make the announcement on Discord. Go there. Uh, 
uh, conventions are not going to give this up. This is something, no. you know, because there's we have you one build, guy that was very build a community with that. Yeah, and that is important to future health of your. your we have convention. people that were never able to go to North Texas that were finally able to play in games at North, at North Texas this year, just simply because this is the first year we had computer games, and we've never or, or had computer games had online Discord games. And we've never had to do that before. We had, I had a, I, I was showing Doug. I said, "Look, this guy, you know, he's from Australia. He's never been to come to our convention. He was so excited that he actually got to co- got to quote unquote come to North Texas this year because we had Discord games." And Doug's like, "Yeah, I guess we're always going to have to have that." Then I said, "Yeah, it doesn't. It's not. We don't have to do anything. We just open up the Discord channel and you right. you plan your own event." And so, yeah, if, if we're a tiny little convention doing that, there's no way that game hole and and I mean, all these bigger conventions don't do that. I mean, there's no reason for them not to. It doesn't cost them any extra time or effort. Yes, maybe you have to assign one or two people to set things up on Discord. Um, but other than that, you just let the people play their own games, and you don't have to do anything. And yet they still get the experience of actually going to conventions. So that's always going to be part of the conventions going on. Going forward, you're always going to have the online portion of the convention. I mean, you, at least you should. If you don't, you're stupid. If you're a convention right. and you're not doing online stuff, by this time, you're, that's done. Well, every online attendee is a potential in-person attendee. When you go, wow, this person is great online. I got to go in person. Listen, I'm di- not literally dying, but I'm really excited to finally go back to attending conventions in person. It is something that really excites me. I'm looking forward to Yep. Um, I just don't know if uh, 2021 is going to be the year where conventions come back in any kind of full swing. Uh, listen, I hope that I am wrong. I am. I I hope that uh, you know COVID gets eradicated well, and burned to a fire. Well, maybe it'll be. A, it's like a soft opening. It'll be like you know we can't go full bore, and and you know a lot of people are just not gonna. It doesn't matter if there's a vaccination or not. There's always gonna be that person that's gonna say you know I just don't want to be in a crowd anymore. And I don't feel like being in, in I don't like being oh, in a crowd. <laughs> and so yeah, that there's she's orange, so she blocks the camera color. Come on. <laughs> the invisible the invisible DM. There oh no. But so yeah, there's people that are not gonna want to come back. And I understand that I, I absolutely understand not being that way. Look, I don't want to go to back I'm not gonna go to any crowded conventions anymore. I, I just don't think I'm going to anymore. I'm look, I'm fifty seven. I got comorbidities out the ass. You, you're you're not as quite as old as me, but you, you know, 53 and I got COVID. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we don't want to get involved in some big giant gamer scrum. Um, but, but yeah, going back to conventions, is going to be fun, but I don't want to be jam packed into a room like sardines ever again. And I'm not going to be, I'm not going to do that anymore. No, no, I, I understand that. Of course, now I can't see the bottom part of the chat. Thank you, chat. For your, for your <laughs> are, ass. Why are animals comments. controlling? That's why I go out to the warehouse. There's no animal. There's nothing alive out here. So there may, maybe there's a mouse out there. I don't know. Maybe a mouse. I, I, I don't. I don't have that opportunity. <laughs> you know what? If I if I make this smaller, there we go. Now I can see oh. the chat. There we go. Do you have to draw? Do you have to do another drawing, by the way? Or do you? Just yeah, do I do. Speak? You might as well do, do. it because we're, we're running up on we're running up on our we're running up on, we're running up on two hours. Go yeah, crazy. about time for us to. All right, to call so it a night. Out, you know what? I can't fucking roll low. <laughs> I roll, I, you I, roll? I, what, what do you got? What do you got? No, no, I I already rolled, but I oh. hold on a second. Oh, you rolled like a twenty, didn't you? I did roll a twenty, man. Okay. <laughs> so you have to count twenty up. Good job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. One, two, three, four. 
I know it's exciting at home. John already won something. You can't give John can't win again. Sorry, John, you can't win. No Uh, second bite of the apple. Cothridge Manor, Tim Short. Oh, there we go, Tim. Yeah. And if Tim doesn't email me, I'll fucking email him because I know Tim Short. You got twenty five dollars and. Well, go ahead uh, now. Uh, Sean Sean won the Frog God thing last month, week, so go ahead and roll. And I'll do another uh, Frog God giveaway. Either, right, either so 5th, 5th edition or Swords Wizardry. Um, let me know, and I will mail you a care package. We'll get in touch. Let me write down whoever it is. All right. Like the cat rolled for me because she didn't want me grabbing the die. So it's a five. And I can't grab the die because she's, she's like, it's my die now. <laughs> my die. Okay, sorry, John. Sorry, John. Sorry, John. <laughs> John keeps getting passed up now. Uh, Sean Pointer. Oh, Sean already won last week. Sean already won too. Uh, Sean's out too. Right. <laughs> who do we have? Who do we have left on this David, chat? David Betsack. Oh, David Betsack. All right, David. All right, David. So just get in touch with me. Um, uh, email me at uh, Mike at FrogGuyGames.com, or if you're on a uh, Discord, contact me there. Or if you're on Facebook, contact me. And I will give you a just let me know whether you want Swords and Wizardry or 5e, and I'll send you a Frog Games package. I just I remember I just mailed out Sean's yesterday. Sean won last week, and I, I mailed him a bunch of Indiegogo stuff. So, uh, Bill so. Briggs, I haven't won anything. Well, you know what? <laughs> Bill, log in earlier. It's 2020, it's man. Nobody, nobody won yeah. this year. We all lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. <laughs> There yeah, just go. contact me Facebook or Discord or email me David, and I will get you. We'll get you a package. Packages, Frogger game stuff. Do, do we get? Are we giving stuff away starting next year too? Or is this it? Do we? Is this the end of our? Uh, I'm giveaway? going three. I'm doing giveaways through three Kings Day, so I think next All right. Wednesday would be the end of the giveaways. I will. I'm in for another giveaway too. Frog Guide's got a lot of stuff here at the warehouse. I, it's not my stuff. I don't care. I'll give it there all away. Go. Clear, clear out space, dude, man. Clear I'm going to clear out some space. I'm giving it all away, baby. So, well, uh, um, I guess we should call it a wrap on 2020. Um, all right. So here, here, my, my so I'm going to make my general predictions for uh, 2021. I'm going to. All right, go ahead and do that. Out, out of the taverns privy pool, um, Wizards of the Coast is going to give us at least. One major fuck up in January. <laughs> One major fuck That's up. Funny. What's the That's point of that? Come on, man. No, 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 no. But I mean, I mean, of course they than, are bigger than Dragonland, on par with the disavowing all their PDFs that were published prior to 2019. Um, they're gonna they're gonna do a major faux pas. Okay. All right, I'm gonna predict that the first con back, which. Which might be North Texas because it's in June. I think it's going to be a madhouse because I think people are going to come back and I think they're going to come back I want, strong. I would say, but, but, but I also right think now. I think we're going to have Gen Con. I, I'm going to predict we're going to ha- we are going to have Gen Con this year. I, I I know they're trying to couch it that they don't know, but I think I'm going to go with my prediction earlier. Indianapolis or so, and in and they're they're all going to get together. They're all going to get together and get this. Indiana is going to get this done. We are going to have Gen Con next year. There, I, I don't know how it's going to work, but I just know we're going to. They're not going to let another year go by and not have Gen Con. So that's that's one of my predictions right there. Gen Con um, will go on. Okay. Um, I predict that Paizo is going to go back to the well 
And they are going to find a way to re-release Pathfinder 1E as a collector's edition. Ooh. Now, that would solve a lot of problems if they did that. And it would, and especially since you and I look at the same things, more people are online playing, playing Pathfinder 1.0 than are playing Pathfinder 2.0. So yep. that's, that's not too... No, it's not too out of the... Uh, All right, I, I will make another prediction. I believe that that Watsy will yet again go to the well, and this year we will once again have an an adventure re-release or a compilation release of yes, old first edition material once again updated to fifth edition because they don't have any new ideas in that place. All they've been doing is updating Tomb of Horrors for the 800th time. So I'm going to say this year we're going to see another updating of something. I don't know what it is. Maybe it'll be the U series. Maybe it'll be the the A series. But they're going to do a major release of of first edition content update to fifth edition because that's all they have to fall back on anymore. All right. I'm going to say that we will see uh, Temple of Elemental Evil. Oh, now that would be a good one. There we go. That okay. hasn't been released in a while. Either, either, either re-released by Watsy and updated to fifth edition like they were doing with the A series, or it's going to be a Goodman project. Oh yeah, you know now that's not too far off because Goodman's already done quite a bit of stuff. Um, I, I, matter of fact, I'm still behind. I haven't gotten the last couple. I didn't get the Castle Amber one yet, or the uh, the other one that just came. it was the Lost City. I can't remember the last one came out. So, so uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised you see Temple of Elemental Evil get the get the five E treatment. I, I think that's yeah. actually really would be a really really good. Uh, you know, throw Village of Hama in there, man. I think you'd have a winner. For fifth edition yeah. content, because you uh, get people like me buying it, probably I probably I have to rebuy it, right? Yeah. I know Prince. Yeah, Prince of Apocalypse is is sorta, but not. I'm talking about more of a slavish, but you know, you may be right, Sean. They they may not issue it since they already have Prince of the Apocalypse, and and Sean reminded me too. I'd forgotten they did do U series, so they already they have released oh. the U series. Well, um, and here's the other one then: G one to three, D one to three, and. Uh, you know, basically Q1. That's a huge. That's a huge thing. Uh, that might be too big for Goodman, but that might be something that they could re-release. So, so, so next year, um, here's another prediction. So next year we'll see the release finally of the Swords and Wizardry box set. Will be commercially available, I believe, in May. Maybe sooner. Probably sooner than that. Um, I think that. Um, you're going to see a uh, even you, OSR is going to hit it even bigger than it did this year. I, I think you're going to see the OSR grow even more than it did in the last few years. Um, as more people play, because any game has a shelf life. Five E is the most popular edition of DD ever in the history of ever. But I think people are going to want to start venturing off the farm pretty soon with Five E. They, they played Five E for four or five years now. I think people are going to be looking at the OSR a little bit. And they're going to be looking at Lord Lamentations. They're going to be looking at um, Swords and Wizardry. Uh, they're looking at uh, I, hey D and D Essential. The Essential set is getting a lot of love lately. I've seen a lot of people uh, running online games for the D and D Essentials game. Um, what was that? What was that Kickstarter the guy ran? It was the Essentials. That's what it was. Um, right. Yeah, that's been getting a ton of love lately because people were saying, "Look, if I want to play a game, I'm going to play the D and D Essentials game because it's the easiest, one of the easiest ones to play." And so, I, I think you're going to see a big move toward bigger, even bigger move towards uh, 
the OSR in the in the next year. I got two more two more predictions to come All out. right. All right. Um uh Gareth the Hutt will not release Paul West. <laughs> he will not release it on the net. He will not release it in print. He will not release it as a book. He will not replace release it as an ebook. He will simply not release it, but he will twit. So that's one that's one and I don't I don't expect to see uh a Lamentations ref book uh in twenty twenty one. Oh no, poor Poor James. Uh, so John says that Goodman Games already announced their Hamlet T1 project, but that uh, so I guess we are going to see a fifth edition of uh, of Elemental Evil print Elemental Evil this year. Yeah, put, put, put out by Hamlet. Goodman. Got, yeah. got the rest of it. Put out it's, by Goodman. It's, yeah, it's, that's, yeah. It's that'll be good. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. I think that that will sell well. I'm, I buy all their remakes. I don't even play fifth edition. I just like to have them all in that that nice big book with all the extra material in there. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's it, it's good stuff. And uh, just as a side note, uh, I've learned this. If you want it quicker than Goodman uh, and, and for cheaper, uh, get those recompilations over at Amazon. You save, like, I don't know, 20% a book, and you get it shipped prime. Yeah, the I Amazon learned. prices, you can't beat the Amazon price on this. I, I'm not – look, I don't like to give Amazon a lot of extra business because Bezos is already a, a trillionaire. He's going to be able to buy and sell everybody in the United States pretty soon. But, but the prices, you can't. Beat those prices. Um, that's you know, uh, you might look on eBay too because eBay some of these retailers get multiple copies and they dump yep. them really cheap on eBay. So, oh, uh, so I have one more one more prediction. I think we're gonna yep. once again. I think um, uh, classic DD stuff will break records again next year. I, I think we're gonna see uh, some some crazy. We saw some crazy prices in the last few months. I think the oh, price definitely. Yeah. only have one way to go is up. And you're going to be sitting there thinking, why didn't I buy a white box for $150 a few years ago when it, you know, those things are going to be $15,000 a piece pretty soon. Maybe not 15,000, but no, yeah. Yeah. They'll, they'll be pricey. They're, they're, they're going up in price. So if you have that old stuff, hang on to it. If you want to get the old stuff, I'd buy it now before it gets crazy. Definitely. Folks, if you are watching this, whether you're watching this live or you're watching this after we've recorded this, please subscribe, like the video. It helps us. It helps us get out to more people. It helps uh, us get into uh, YouTube's, uh, I don't know, magical web and get out there and show up in search results. And if you are listening on the podcast and you want to participate in the live streams, uh, Mike and I do this every Wednesday night yeah. at uh, 8 p.m. Eastern. And we yeah, love we'll, to. Uh, we'll be back next back. week for our first show of the of the new year. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I'll, we'll, uh, have a, we'll have a guest. I'm, I'm hoping. I think I've got some. I got some possibilities. I don't know if Eric's been looking around, but I, I found a couple of people that might, I might I, be able to. I, I, might, I might have one or two. I think we have yeah. a good year of, of, of guests coming up, but I think that we would. We were best served not having a guest with this episode. No, this is our this is our drinking year end. Yeah, listen, this is not a celebration of 2021. It's a no. celebration of, of 2020 is coming to an end. We come hopefully, not to celebrate 2020. We come to bury it. Yes. Yes. So hopefully the rest of you uh, will join us again next week when we when we do this. And uh, we look forward to seeing you all in 2022. 
as always, as I am, I know I say it to the point where I probably piss people off. We are in the midst of the world of COVID. Take take precautions. Use your common fucking sense. All right. Mike's not a medical professional. Neither am I. We don't even play them in RPGs. No. But uh, use your common sense. Keep yourself, your loved ones, healthy. Be safe. Be well. God bless. It's uh, the new year coming up. We hope you all have a healthy, blessed new year. And for those of you that aren't religious, just drop out the blessed part. We hope you have a happy <laughs> and, and good yeah, thanks so much for uh, watching us on uh, YouTube. This is a labor of love for Eric and I. We're not making money doing this, but we're having a great time. So, but but it helped. Numbers helps. The numbers do help. The more people listen, it makes us. You know, I mean, look, look. If we only have five people listening, we ain't doing this anymore. So, that thanks right. thanks for letting let the numbers go up slowly, bit by bit. We're gonna we're trying to get uh we're trying to get as many people as we can on here so we can make this worth our while. I don't know if you can hear Sadie Cat in the background. Oh, but, yeah, uh, I can hear him. It's like, yeah, she's, like, <laughs> she's like, she's getting annoyed whenever I go for the mouse. She's like, what are you going for the mouse? Yeah. I'm, I'm top of your keyboard. You're not You're not allowing me to say, oh, oh, now she's. Uh, there you go. I'm going to find, a, I'll find a feral cat to bring in here next time. That way I'll have something to do while you're. All right, so it's going to be fun. I have to take the bottle of wine to block. <laughs> My yeah, use can, yeah, that's not a happy. That's not a happy cat. That, no swatting at daddy's hand. Ow! That's not that. That's not fun, cat. Tell us more about the new subscription service. We have a subscription service. I have no idea, do we? <laughs> All right. Uh, oh god! All right. I, I will now escape from my own cat. Thanks, Folks, guys. We'll see you next you. year. Be safe, New Year's. Even though you're not supposed to go out, I know you're going to go out. If you're going to go out, don't drink and drive. Please don't drink and drive. Or don't don't drive and drink. Or yes, combination of the above. All right, folks. Thank you. Latest.